have. I got a story for you. It may actually be closer to an odyssey of sorts. A marathon of a conversation covering all sorts of shit that went by in the blink of an eye. Parents, those with virgin ears. It does get a little NC-17 for a bit around the 1 hour 50 mark. Again, 1 hour 50 mark. Seriously, you've been warned. But first, today's pod is sponsored by pretzels. Soft or hard, hot or cold, salted or... Of course they're fucking salted, they're pretzels. Pretzels are always a perfect snack. We here at the Getting to Know You pod enjoy our hand-twisted delights warmed up buttered, salted, dipped to a spicy brown mustard. But that's not the only way you can eat them. In fact, there is no one right way to eat them. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Pretzels, especially when they're made fresh, are fucking good for you, weekend workout warriors. Carbs are okay. Adkins is fucking dead. Jesus, if you are active, you don't want low levels of glucose. Pretzels are packed with protein and really low in sugar too. I'm talking like non-existent amounts of sugar. (laughs) That is before you dip them bitches into the chocolate brownie sauce. I mean, sure, they've got somewhat substantial amounts of sodium. Just get that bitch unsalted. Cut the amount in half without giving up any of the flavor. Pretzels. Cheap. Fresh, convenient, filling. What more could you want in a midday snack or evening dessert? We keep bags of them on set to satisfy the cravings. And we even get the little pretzel stick boxes to just take us back to those good old lunchbox days on the carpet squares. Embrace your inner savage or baby boy kindergartner and tear apart a pretzel today. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please, can you follow, friend, subscribe, listen? We are on all sorts of social media and podcast platforms. Take a little time out of your day to hear other people's stories while you're handling shit around the house or when you're going for those long walks. And now, Getting to Know You. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. On today's show, we are getting to know. I believe you may be our first West Coast friend since I'm in Delaware, Andre. Oh. Yeah. Andre, man. Thanks for uh, being a couple hours behind us and um, catching up with us at the same time. Appreciate it. It's it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure indeed. Yeah. And so little Facebook stalking on my part. Are you in Washington currently? Yes, indeed. Washington, uh, near Seattle, but uh, just outside because I, I don't like to be too in the people, you know what I mean? I just, I like, I like some privacy, some trees, some quietude. So I can, if I needed to be in the city, I can drive in there, but I'm uh, yeah, I'm a little bit out of it. Got you. And that was like a pre coronavirus decision. 
or uh, well, oh yeah oh yeah so <laughs> i did used to live in in seattle um back in let's see it's 2020 i'm so bad with time like i've, I've let go of concept of time a long time ago and <laughs> now i just don't even know when I, anything is i but think I, many I people are going to adopt that after this corona thing like the whole uh, sleep schedule is just fucking out the window man at this point which is great. I really enjoy that. Honestly, Dude, it's, it's beautiful. It is. It's just your body fucking syncing itself up. Um, you just feel better. I completely agree. But uh, yeah, I used to live down like downtown in the middle of everything, maybe when I was going to college. So like maybe eight, eight years ago or something like that. And it was, it was cool just because, hey, I could walk to places, but right. it was just overstimulating, I feel like. And I couldn't get away from it. You know, I like peace. Is the homelessness, I've always heard, and I've never been, I don't think I've actually been west of the Mississippi, but mm -hmm. is homelessness that big of a deal out there or am I having a misconception? So, no, so it is It is pretty big uh, in Seattle, especially. We have, I mean, tent cities everywhere. Uh, you go down some of the major streets in Seattle and, I mean, there's tents everywhere. There's trash everywhere because obviously they can't you know, do anything with it right. and people walking around it's it's sequestered into certain spots in the city but also under the under the overpasses there's a bunch of tents and just in, around the freeway there's just tents everywhere so it's it's pretty big and it's getting worse yeah is there a why to that like dude fucking seattle's rainy right like it's not mm -hmm. like los angeles where you can enjoy sleeping outside the majority of the time i would think Totally. Like, I, I don't know how they do it. Honestly, if, if I was in that situation, I would make, I, no, no, I don't know how, I'd make some money and I'd get myself down to Los Angeles. Right. Because then at least it's sunny. But, you know, they live there. They got the tents. The, there's a, there is a lot of help um, from I think maybe like public or private organizations. You know, I keep seeing there's a lot of vans uh, driving around and they're, they're sharing, uh, you know, socks and food and water. Gotcha. They're called like hope vans and stuff like that. So there's a lot of support from, from the people uh, to, you know, to maintain the humanity of it all and to yeah. allow them to just have some sort of existence and be seen. So maybe that's help, helpful. Yeah, I could. And I guess not to dehumanize, you don't want to be insensitive, but I, it almost... To me, I, I kind of get the picture of like feeding a stray cat and then all of a sudden you have like five to 10 stray cats all mm. like fighting for the bowl because I think as organisms, we search for resources. So like, mm -hmm. why would you give up that certainty for good weather when you know, all right, man, I'm fucking ready on an overpass. Like I, I got my tent. I know how to deal with the rain and the shitty weather, but I know I'll have blank services provided. Like that's got to be mm -hmm. pretty comforting to them. I hadn't thought okay. about that. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Maybe they don't have that certainty if they do travel down there. Um, so, so, but I'm assuming maybe California would also have something of that nature because I traveled down to California, uh, I think a couple months ago, right before the actually right before the Corona thing hit. I was in California and it was the same amount of you know homeless tents here and there. So I'm assuming they might have a similar situation. Who knows? You know, people yeah. are people, and there's always going to be people who are going to be well off and want to help and people who are going to be not so well off and need that help. And there's always going to be a connection, at least in my world there is, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I had spoken to, um, a guy from Spain and I hadn't, um, Dolly and I hadn't posted his uh, podcast yet, but mm -hmm. he was from a well-to-do family in Uruguay and mm -hmm. he wound up going to Barcelona and embracing homeless life almost mm. as like a, I want to be self-sustaining. I want to figure out mm -hmm. if I can make this, can I depend on myself instead of trying to depend on like some like societal structure to support mm -hmm. me and manipulate my way through. 
and like the way he uh, spoke about it, it's almost like romanticized. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if part of that's just because he's in Barcelona and you just fucking think like, oh shit, man, you're in Barcelona. Like that's fucking dope. And like, do Barcelona homeless people think like, oh shit, you're homeless in like Seattle. That's dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or are like these homeless, are, are the homeless people kind of by choice wanting to stay mm-hmm. that way? Like I just, it, it's always baffled me, the the homeless epidemic. I feel like it's pretty easy to, there's support where if you need to find a job and save some money, man, and like get off streets, I feel like that opportunity is mm-hmm. really there. Well, it, it, it definitely is. And I actually, I'm, I'm surprised or I'm happy we're talking about this because I spend a good part of my time when I'm out in the world, just like just talking to homeless people because oh, really? honestly, it's, it's, an, it's, yeah, oh yeah, it's a fascinating conversation with, with, and the kind of the characters that I meet are, are, are always very interesting, valuable, and sometimes sometimes you know you get somebody that's that's really deep and then like meth or something like that and you just can't connect and i'm like all right something crazy is going on here back away uh but so a, a lot of it there is some that that's by choice uh, personally i've also romanticized that same idea i have a van um that, that i'm building up just so just in case i wanted to go out and just like say fuck it all uh oh, right. i have that and then just see what happens yeah yeah uh and then again yeah just to step away from society and just be present in the moment and and just kind of see what happens because i found a lot of magic can come into your life that way where you just have no expectations just allow life to flow but yeah uh, with with a lot of the homeless people i've chatted with uh either they will have a sort of a, a sort of job that they'll, you know they'll just keep them sustained enough so to have like a cell phone and um, just some food but they just they just don't want that sort of they don't want that. They they can get around and they have that freedom to just move around and maybe they have friends, maybe they don't. Maybe the street is not the worst thing that could happen. And there's others that have, you know, maybe gone down like a, a, a bad path, you know, heroin, meth, uh, alcoholism, and they're just kind of in, in a place of retribution and they're trying to build their life back together. And again, they're, that, that's, that's something, having a home or having something that's stable is not necessarily needed for them. And they're just, you know, they're going, they're doing the job and they're, they're, they're staying with the people like them because they can connect. They're going to AA meetings and they're they're just taking it day by day, right. you know, and, you know, I've, I've talked to people who've had millions of dollars, went homeless, and then they're just like, yeah, it's cool. This is life. And it kind of, it's weird to see how things can shift. It's weird to see how society even views you and then takes the humanity out of you. But at the same time, you do get a sense of freedom because you're no longer confined to, to these ideas that the rest of us have to, you know, yeah, responsibilities, uh, right? Like fucking responsibilities are basically out the window. Exactly. You just, it's survive. It's like, all right, what do I need to do to just survive? That, that's it. And and that's, that's almost liberating. You know, you, you don't have to worry about, Oh, what's my mom going to think? What's, do I have to do this for my brother? Oh, I have an appointment for at six o'clock. Oh, my doctor, all of these thoughts, anxieties, you just past, present or past and future kind of go away and then you're stuck in the present. And if you ever read, you know, any sort of uh, like spiritual doctrines, you know, it's all about how can you find the present? Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. So maybe they are some of the most enlightened. I guess that kind of goes with like the whole Buddhist thing too, right? Like Buddhists get pretty well off because they're in a monastery, but mm-hmm. they live like they're homeless. Like they're they're all about monotony. They're all about doing mm-hmm. nothing, right? They're all about being present, thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they are some more of the enlightened people within our culture. 
it could be a possibility, but at the same time, there is a lot of uh, health issues, Just mental, mental health yeah. issues that, that are happening. At, at the end so, of the day, you want to have like climate control bed, I feel like, right? Like I, if you're talking to yourself, that's the, that's the thing that's going to win out for me, right? Is oh yeah. I just want fucking a mattress and 69 <laughs> degrees, right? Like a ceiling fan would be fucking lovely. Or, or again, like California, right? You got a nice little breeze. You got water. Go, go swim in the ocean. Dry off in the sun. Go find a banana. You know, and then like that's it. Like I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I just we were watching a lot of Naked and Afraid, and my mind just went to like people being monkeys, and these monkeys just like living the best life on like a tropical island because it's like mm. yeah, I just fucking swim. I dry off. I nap. Climb some trees. Coconuts. Bananas. And then repeat, like call it a day, do it again, man. <laughs> and and there is a peace in that. There's a Zen in that. It's like, yeah, all right. I did what I need to do. Yeah. I mean, well, like that, that's it. That is a simplicity. The phone yeah. thing does fuck me up, man. Like going through bus stops and seeing, mm-hmm. and you don't know if they're homeless, but they're out there a lot in um, mm-hmm. just different you know cities I'll go to. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing how they always have smartphones and they're always mm-hmm. finding plugs. And they always have the connection, you know, like that's something that's, been a huge shift for me to be like, it's almost like the uh, poor kids with expensive basketball sneakers. You're like, mm-hmm. if you're poor, how do you afford expensive basketball sneakers? Well, if you're mm-hmm. homeless, how, how come you have an iPhone 10? Like that, mm-hmm. that's a couple hundred dollar phone. I've, I've mm-hmm. that's something that I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's one of the most, I guess, humanizing things that, that they have. I, I honestly, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, it's not that hard to make money, especially if you, if all you have is time. So you can stand there and you can, you know, ask people, Hey, a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. And like, personally, like I fasted for, for a week for, for 10 days, you know, without food, with water, obviously. So food is not even that huge on that list, especially if you, if, if you can get past the fear of, Oh no, I'm going to starve. And then just, again, being the present moment, uh, food can be a very last resort. You can have it every couple of days, be comfortable, like, and, and your organisms can be fine. You're, you you can still thrive. So you can still put money away and then focus on something that's more, that's going to get you either out of where you're at if you want to, or at least keep you connected with and inhuman with, with anything in life. So then like right now the phone is everything. The, the phone can take you out of being homeless because you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube. Right. You can find Wi-Fi anywhere. You can find plugs on almost every light post. Yeah. So they can still be a part of society and 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 not feel so alienated. The, the biggest alienation is other people just looking at them like they're subhuman and which th- that's the biggest thing that's, that's disgusting, but it's so real. You see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Like, so is it a stigma of, them being dirty is it movies portraying them as fucking like just crazy um is it fear to like face them and be like i could do more and i don't want to be put in a position where i'm asked to do more because it inconveniences me do you mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts like why people are skittish towards them that, that's a very good that's a very good question uh i think partially so, it would be I'm possibly not- that you know there is a portrayal that oh they're all drug addicts because why else would be on the street because right. i think trickled down from our parents from grandparents from our friends that's just been around movies wherever that comes from and i think at the same time yeah it, it's it's we're living in our life and they're living their life and they're asking um or and we know that maybe a little contribution could help them but we don't want to uh, feel overexerted, maybe feel pressured even. Cause when you see a homeless person, I, I know I, when I see a homeless person, I, I look at them as like, Oh, I know I could help you. I, I wish I could help you more, but at the same time you chose this and I want you uh, to, to, I, I don't want to alleviate that suffering in order for you to not move forward. 
So uh, that's why I, I no longer give money to homeless people. I'll give them, you know, I'll talk to them. I'll, uh, if I have food, I'll give them food. Be like, right. hey, here's this. And, and, and that's I'll help. If at very last resort, I'll give them money just because, you know, if, if you want to survive, if this is how you want to live, then find a way to, to give value back and you will get that exchange of money. But to, they, some of them, they, 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 they approach that, you know, with the pity, you know, they want, they want to get pity and then, all right, now you get money. And that's not adding to society. If you want to be outside of society, great, do that. I respect that. I've had the same feeling. And you know, one day, hopefully, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. Who knows what's going to happen? But you can't expect nothing, something for nothing. So maybe oh. there's some, something ingrained in everybody's you know, psyche of, of, of that. But honestly, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like for me, man, um, I almost have like this fear of I don't know if it fucking matters to you if you get locked up. Like if I'm mm-hmm. walking by and you say something to me or if I whatever give you a dollar and you happen to see in my wallet, like maybe you think I got more money and you start following me and like shit gets real. Mm-hmm. Like what's your, if you're already homeless, what's your deterrent for abiding by the law and respecting my rights as a citizen? You could just come and fuck me up. Like what's a night in jail for you, right? Like, what does that matter? I mean, that's like, a good point. That is a very good I point. Think, like, I, me, I, I, would would also, I would also say there's a similar mentality with anybody else they see on the streets. You know, like what is their incentive to follow the law? Because a well, night in jail is nothing for a lot of people. Yeah, you know? but and I especially think if they're hungry, it's the they'll take your money for no reason. Yeah, I well, if you're talking about, I, I guess I'm I'm just generalizing in home. Like, what what is the uneasy, uneasy feeling? when you're around homeless people. And I think for Mm -hmm. me, it's the fear that they don't, they're already almost outside of society by not having Mm -hmm. a home, Mm -hmm. whether by choice or not. And you're like, well, if you're outside of society in that aspect, are you also outside of societal norms with like respect Mm -hmm. for the law, personal space, personal property rights? And I don't know. I I really think that's kind of it for me. That would, that, I mean, that would make sense. Hmm. Uh, the one thing I would say again is just like, if if they're outside of society, does that mean they're outside of moral standards? You know, because I feel like morality is outside of all sort of civilization or society or any or even laws. You know, if just because something is legal doesn't mean it's moral, and just because something's moral doesn't mean it's legal. So, like that, that's where, like at least for me, I I go out there and you know you can see, or at least you can talk to him and be like, all right, is he okay? Like, right. where is his mind at? If, if, if he's amoral, then uh, you kind of pick that up real quick. You know, they're going to push your boundaries. They're not going to respect what you say. I've rarely had that happen with me with actually, I don't think I've ever had that happen with me, except for if, if that individual is clearly high on some, something really strong. Right. And then they're just, they're just there to just leech on you and then just try to take anything. And you're like, listen, back off. Gosh. But most people, if you can have a conversation with them, usually, you know, more, morally speaking, they're fine. Even if they're broke, they, they actually become more, uh, I think empathetic because you know, they're, they're out in the streets. They, they have nothing but themselves. So they, they, they create a stronger sense of community with, within each other and they don't blame other people. Maybe they, there's some to do, but they don't blame you for their circumstance. They, they know that they got themselves into that, whether it's through right. alcoholism or drug use or just making a bad business decision you know right. i've known plenty of people who just made a bad move and it's like well shit now i'm homeless so it's like legality and morality in my book they never mix because you know who's writing the laws um so it's it's a fair it's a fair fear to have but it's i i believe it's it's uh i think that's also just been conditioned on us 
Yeah, right. Probably. Probably just mm-hmm. watching fucking late night shows when I was 10 years old at like NYPD Blue or something. You <laughs> oh, know? flip yeah, dude. Like yeah. that's that's prime that's prime time gold. You, you're walking down the street, this dark alley, homeless man sitting there. You hear and the he bottle, sees you. Oh, right? stab, stab, stab. No that's doubt. a great show. No that's doubt. a great show. It's fucking, it's been done so much. And like, that's just where like, it's the whole like, is it society or is it, what's it like, is art emulating culture or is culture emulating art? And it's like, are these people trying to create this fear or is that fear actually there? You know, mm-hmm. um, actually goes back almost all, well, I guess Batman's parents didn't die by homeless guys. Cause I get, I thought it was the Joker unless they've redone that, but it's that same thing that like Ali, you're alone there. There, mm-hmm. there, there's no law to help you. And it's like survival shit. And if, mm-hmm. I don't know if you engage in it, it's a little odd. Huh. Mm-hmm. I want to do 10 day fast. Like you really fucking ate nothing for 10 days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I practiced fasting you, for a while. How do you say, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's like, Oh yeah. 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you start with one day and then you're like, okay, that wasn't bad. And then you're like, all right, let's do two days. And you're like, all right, that wasn't bad either. And then you do three days and you're Dude, like, that, okay, let's like, do seven days. You know, you just kind of push it. Um, like eating I, I, don't, like, I don't know if I do more than 10 days. There's no reason to, unless I want to like, I don't know be jesus or something um but what's the reason it, it to just, do 10 uh so i i practice a lot of you know health uh, i was a pre-med student i know uh, so i understood a lot of um what happens in the body and all that stuff and instead of going to medicine i went into art for oh. various reasons and i'm sure i'll get into it uh but so so now it's all about preventative measure uh, preventative medicine for personally so initially uh it was that it was just all right how can i make sure i can keep myself in a vital state in a in a very healthy state of 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 just living and at the same time i do practice a lot of you know philosophy and and like stoicism in a sense as well uh so it's about pushing your mind to a place where you don't you're not comfortable you're uncomfortable you're you're in the unknown and there's things weighing down on you you know just just the attachment to food you know like we need to eat right and that's the biggest thing that people would be afraid to let go of and it's facing your fears so for me initially it's like all right this is going to be good for the body because you know medicinally speaking you know all the all the cells will regenerate all all the bad cells would be destroyed it gets reused and new cells will come up uh, your immune system gets a boost like there's a lot of beautiful things that happens Dude, when that's, you fast that's that's kind of weird to me just from a basic standpoint like you, you think about like eat your veggies veggies mm-hmm. give you nutrients right like mm-hmm. vi- vitamins type shit right like that's mm-hmm. where you get your energy from your calories mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it it's it's always been odd to me when someone says, yeah, by not eating, it helps my body to be healthier. By not ingesting mm-hmm. vitamins, I'm healthier. Like, mm-hmm. why does the body do that? Okay. So, so there's a few, uh, so there's a few when you, when you fast, um, when you, when you're in taking food all the time, which most of us do to intake food all the time, oh, especially now, man, we're yeah. fucking grazing right now in this Corona courtesy. Good Lord. So yeah, so if people are fasting now, they'll be better for them because they're they're intermittently fasting. Like that's one of the best things people can practice. This is how our body evolved uh, in the very beginning as well. You know, you go you, you you're fasting for a while, you go get some food, you digest it, you internalize it, and then you're fasting for a while as well. So when when you have, especially with the American diet, when you have food inside of you all the time, the the energy that's usually would be um distributed around your body to to maintain um homeostasis as in you know your cells reproducing cell cycle uh you know going without 
Um, if, if, if there's a mutation that happens, usually you have like a few stops in your cell cycle. They'll say, oh, there's a mutation that happened. We don't need that to, to occur. Otherwise, it could lead to a cancerous cell, which then can pop, repopulate. Okay. Uh, so it has, uh, it has stopping points to make sure that it doesn't do that. Uh, if you're always full, if you have a lot of food inside of you and you're never processing, if you're never getting that blood to circulate everywhere else, because when you're eating, that blood will be more focused in your stomach to, to eat digestion. Um, oh. you won't be, you, yeah, you won't be functionally functioning fully around everywhere else. Your brain will be, you know, maybe at 70% capacity, uh, or 70%, let's just say, I'm just making up these numbers, your body, the rest of your body will be at 70%. So most of your energy is digest this food so we can push it through. Because if you don't, it's mm. going to stay there. It's going to be rotten and you're going to get sick. So the focus is on the food. When you when you don't have food in your stomach, it's going to say, all right, cool. We're good. We have what we need. Let's go put our attention on on your ache in your finger here. Let's put our attention on your immune system. It's, it's lacking a little bit. You, you, you're getting a little cough. Let's put some, some resources there. And, oh, you got some old cells here that are doing something funky. Let's destroy them. Let's make new ones. Replenish that. So wow. when you're giving yourself, you're basically giving your body a pause to say, all right, let's, let's do a check on the whole system and see what we can do that will make it run better. Yeah. But if you're taking this attention away, it won't be ever, ever to do that. And that's when you start getting cancerous cells and they're just going to run rampant. And your body's like, wait, where'd that come from? I didn't get a chance to see that. Got you, got you. Cause the energy, cause it was, it's almost like if you never let your stomach, give your stomach a chance to sleep. Right. Like, could you imagine if you didn't fucking sleep, how inept you would be and you never gave oh, your brain a chance to just fucking shut down and like reprogram. That's what uh, it almost sounds like horrible. to me, man. I, I love sleep. Sleep is so nice. Dude, it Ooh. is. It's fucking. Are you a napper? Oh, fuck yeah. I, I took a nap right before this, bro. I was like, oh, it's like three o'clock. I'm going to talk. It's sunny outside. So I was like, I'm just going to lay in this grass. And my puppy came up and I was like, oh, puppy. And then just looked, I mean, not looked, just kind of kind of took a nap in the, in the daylight. You know, it was yeah. real nice. All right. So do you set like a predetermined um, like 10, 15 minute hour or do you just like let it happen kind of a thing? I, just let it happen, baby. I, I, if when I feel it take over, I was like, all right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay down. I, I try to make sure not to like get into bed. Cause if I get into bed, then it'll just extend into like yeah. an hour and a half, two hours. And yeah, I'm just yeah. like, all right, well I'm gonna work tonight, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'll just find a weird place, couch, or just like, just uncomfortably on my bed, you yeah. know, just, just over, over the, and then yeah, 10, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes half hour. And then I come back and I'm like, oh my gosh, the world is bright again. It's, right? it's magical. So um, people talk to me about meditating and I feel uh -huh. like I'm more of a napper as opposed to a meditator. I don't know if mm -hmm. you can meditate while napping or nap while meditating. Um, do you do both? So I do do both. Uh, napping is definitely not meditating and meditating is not <laughs> napping. Uh, a lot of people who do get into meditate, into meditation, they do end up napping and they think they're meditating and right. that's not what meditation is. Uh, meditation is more of being consciously, almost just Almost being consciously awake, consciously or uh, consciously asleep. Yeah, consciously, consciously napping. Asleep. Yeah, yeah. So, so in a sense, like get to a point where you are, you know, you, you can be focused on one thing and one thing only, and not allow other things to kind of go through your mind. And initially, if you've never meditated before, you you will start getting your know, thoughts running through your mind. And initially, it's it's just it's your job to just. Notice when no thoughts are coming and then just acknowledge them and let them pass until you get to a moment of silence. And then just, again, be conscious in that silence. Too many people are, would, would be in that silence and just fall asleep. But you want to be present in that silence and then extend that silence as much as possible. And then once you get 
into deeper meditation. Uh, I, I mean, life goal. The goal is to make life meditation. It's a yoga. You know, that you you do it just to be there, to do it singularly with 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 intentional focus on this one thing. So, like right now, you and I are meditating. Unless you're sitting on your phone and texting while you're talking to me, you know, kind of thing. Oh yeah, that'd if, be when, fucked up. <laughs> So this is this is a meditation because you and I are, are solely focused on one thing, and that oh. thing is just this conversation and this storyline to progress forward in whatever way it will. Interesting. I like how you put that. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it, it's it, it's funny. And part of me is um actually been enjoying doing these little podcast things because I think back to like when you go over to like people's homes or you go grab a drink with somebody or something, and mm. like. I've, it's always pissed me off. Like if I'm speaking to someone and all of a sudden, like the phone becomes a thing or the fucking TV becomes a thing, or if there's all these other things and you're like, wait, I thought we were fucking talking, man. Like, why are we allowing all these other things to take away from what we're doing right now? Like just Mm -hmm. fucking sit here and talk. And it's funny, but like, if you get up with someone, you're like, Hey man, I want to talk to you, record it and put it up you can have fucking two, three hour conversations. Time flies by and you're like, holy shit, that was not only pleasant, but like fulfilling. It's Mm -hmm. you you gain understanding about things. You give thought to things you've never given thought to before. And it's been really interesting for me to just see what that's done. I don't know, almost for me, just as a Mm -hmm. talker and as a listener. It's um, I completely agree. Yeah. Like for, for me, podcasting, like the very first episode I did, it, it, it unlocked, like literally unconditional love toward humanity because I understood that people, people have their own stories. People live their own lives that other people aren't going to understand. They make decisions that other people aren't going to understand. And even if you know somebody, it doesn't mean that they they're telling you everything, nor are you interested in hearing everything. So one of my first episodes was was interviewing a buddy of mine. I was like, Hey, let's do this. Let's just find out what's going on. And he just unleashed this whole life that I, I was completely unaware of. I was like, what, (laughs) what, it's like this is amazing, and then it just it just went it just went off, and and it was such a beautiful experience. And to think something so simple as a conversation could do that, right? You know, yeah. It's um the busier the society gets, which I guess is like um what I think of when I think of that fasting and that meditating. Um, it's just mm-hmm. you become um so overwhelmed with doing more so than being. I guess if that mm-hmm. makes sense to try to say, oh, yeah. like a uh, philosophical. Um, Mm -hmm. what would you do for eating wise? Would you eat once a day? Would you like, I'm interested in this fasting thing. So Mm -hmm. would you eat like three meals a day to 2,500 calories a day? Or like, what's your, what do you like to do? Like, like normally? Yeah. Like what do you think is ideal? Uh, everybody is different. Like oh. I know in the, in the medical community, there's like you need to eat 2,000 calories, 2,500 calories a day, and make sure to eat this, that, the other. Every single body is different. Every every single individual is is an individual. And if you want to do, if you actually want to follow some sort of diet, you need to go and get your blood check. You need to get your DNA check and understand where you stand, where your needs are, because things certain things for you are going to be very beneficial and they're going to be very harmful for me and vice versa. Uh, so it's so individually speaking, like it should, health is an individual individualistic journey. So for, for me personally, um, like I the biggest thing that's that's allowed me to get to this point and just have be, live a healthy lifestyle is cut out non-organic stuff that for some very simple reasons or non-organic things have a trace of pesticides in there and it destroys the human body and destroys any sort of living life forms. So as, as soon as you get that out of there and you're not continually putting pesticides into your body in minute, in, in minute, um, um, 
um, amounts. Amounts. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. In the minute amounts, but that stuff sits there and continually is in your body. So you're poisoning yourself. It's like, it's like taking just, just a hair of cyanide every single day. It's like, yeah, you're not going <laughs> to die, but bro, you got cyanide in you every fucking day. Yeah. Okay. Get that out of there. You're already going to feel a hundred times better. After that, if you want to continue, then all right, find out, all right, what, what, what do I like? What do I want to eat? How do I want to sustain my body? And like you said, vegetables, you know, you got your, your nutrients, phytonutrients, you got your amino acids. Make sure you get all the amino acids, right? Because that's the, the building block of your cells, of your mind, of, of everything. So what do you need for your body to actually build itself? What are the building blocks? Man. You want to build a house? You need brick and mortar, let's right. say, right? You, need, you want to build your body? You need all 20 amino acids. How do you get them? Vegetables, maybe um, supplements, you know, you need fat, you need good fat. Right. And what do you not need? Well, tell you right thing right now. You don't need processed sugar and you can Jesus. decide, do I want to yeah. eat that just for fun or do I want to get like, get rid of that and just focus solely on what is necessary? This, and then you just make a decision. The, the one thing I wonder if it'll happen with this coronavirus and um, one of the original doctors, I believe he was from Minnesota, was on a mm -hmm. Joe Rogan podcast talking about the coronavirus at some point will just sweep the south. Because the South has such high obesity rates. Mm -hmm. And I think now, I thought I even heard on the radio today where like pre-existing health conditions, a lot of people were like, okay, like asthma or respiratory issues, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now they're finding a correlation in a lot of these deaths in America are people who are obese. Like your height, mm -hmm. bo I mean, body weight ratios are off. And mm -hmm. either you're just hella inactive or you have no fucking idea how to eat decent food. And it blows mm. my mind that people are so into processed, cheap shit and think mm -hmm. that that's good for you. Like when in your life would you be like, oh, this is cheap, so it must be good? Uh, marketing, know? my friend, marketing. They did a great job. They did a great job. So I, it makes me wonder like, will this kind of be an awakening of like – Part of it too is like all these people have all this extra time and you see memes on Facebook and shit about like people coming out of the Corona quarantine gaining like 20, 30 pounds. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking running and working out more than I ever have before. You know, like mm -hmm. you just have this abundance of time. I'm cooking more than I have before. I'm eating healthier. And it's odd to me that if that's not happen happening societally, mm -hmm. I don't understand why it wouldn't be. The lack of education, and that's that is a hundred percent. Because yeah, if if you don't know, because I remember a time when I didn't know, like that you should cook. Yeah, or you were the, fucking or you twelve, dude. You know, you're eighteen. Like you're you're just an ignorant kid, just eating food and worried about your like your hormones and a girl liking you or some shit, right? Like because, you're, you're exactly. not a fucking grown man with a family being like, you know, Popeyes three times a week ain't the best <laughs> with fucking mashed potatoes and cheese and like a Coca Cola that's forty fucking ounces. Like, oh yeah, let me get some double biscuit and gravy like it just it makes no sense and so i was an educator for about four years i was a substitute so i got to see a lot of uh a lot of the educational system and first of all at least in at least where i worked health was getting cut back like middle school wasn't even getting a health class oh yeah nutrition nutrition wasn't even being covered and i'm like what are you even talking about then like nutrition is the biggest thing that these people need when they grow when they leave because yeah they didn't teach me i barely i, I barely learned it through through like 
all the all the human body classes, you know, or, or the anatomy classes, physiology classes. They yeah. gave me something, but it wasn't practical knowledge. Only after did I get out of it and just start kind of thinking. And my mom's like, "Why do you eat like shit, bro? Like, eat well." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" And then she broke it down in like practical terms. And I was like, "Oh, this makes sense. Right? Why didn't anybody tell me before? Like, I was 24 at this point, 23 maybe, yeah. still eating crap, still like drinking, still going to McDonald's, all this shit, yeah. and feeling like shit." And the moment I cut all that out, oh my gosh. Well, it's funny because you oh don't even gosh. realize you feel like shit, right? Like if you've you always felt like shit, it's normal. That's what mm-hmm. regular, that's actually what good feels like. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like what makes me, um, when you say like 10 days with fasting, like that does, like that freaks me out, dude. Like I wake up and fucking within 15 minutes of me waking up, dude, I want to eat. Like my body mm-hmm. is just conditioned to fucking grab some food and maybe I got like a high metabolism or whatever, but I'm a fucking eater and I eat well, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll eat decent stuff, but mm-hmm. 10 days flips me the fuck out. And you almost mm-hmm. wonder like, do people feel the same way about like no nuggets? I don't get a spicy chicken sandwich that flips me the fuck out. <laughs> and they just don't want to take the step to be like, dude, grilled chicken can feel just as good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that it, it's it's a conditioning, just like you know, wanting food, wanting a certain kind of food is also a conditioning, and people don't want to face that because it's there's a fear. Oh, what if I lose it? What if I never have it again? And then and then you start making you know deals with the devil. Okay, one more time, and then one more time happens, another time, and another time, and then you never uh, dealing with the underlying issue of like just personal control, self control. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The personal self discipline's big. What do you, mm-hmm. what do you do with the extra time? So if you're fasting, you're oh. not like cooking, you're not fucking doing dishes, you're not going to the grocery <laughs> store. Like, dude, that's almost like that's got to open up four to five hours of your day, right, bro? You, I, oh, <laughs> I am so active. Like when I, you get, you get way more energy. Like really, toward toward the yeah, toward the tail end. Uh, this is why I stop. I get lightheaded. I'll lay down. I'll stand up. I get lightheaded. I was like, all right, if I keep doing this, I'm gonna get. I think I'm gonna just like get up and not like. Just not, not up. see anything. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to end it here. But yeah, initially for the first like four. Okay. So first day is, is nothing, especially like for me, maybe for other people it's different. First day is nothing. I don't notice it. I drink a shit ton of water regardless. Are you um, like first sec- day, your stomach's just not fucking grab. Like you're just not making weird noises when you're sitting next <laughs> to somebody feeling embarrassed. So maybe I'm a bad person to ask. I don't feel hunger anymore. Like I, that, that doesn't happen to me. Like it hasn't happened to me in years. I don't like, it just doesn't come. Dude, I um, skip lunch and my fucking stomach feels like I have died. Like it just sounds like I'm about to like explode in diarrhea. It's just bubbling <laughs> and bubbling. And I'm like, it, it's the most awkward thing. You're standing next to somebody and you're just whatever, having a conversation and those like mm-hmm. bubble guts and you're like, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> that's hilarious i love that it, it's yeah. awkward yeah but funny 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 in retrospect <laughs> yeah maybe initially if, if at first maybe hunger was present i'm sure it did because i'm sure i remember being hungry there's a time i used to be hungry but I, as you start doing you know intermittent fasting and then you know one day two day whatever I, it goes away eventually at least for me again um and then yeah second day you might feel a little, a little sluggish because your body is, is is changing from uh from processing carbohydrates because most of us have a carbohydrate rich diet yeah. uh, and your brain's running on glucose to uh to ketones so you're starting running on fat your own fat and the body's starting to burn fat to to process to just to work to work so right. then third day uh you get another energy spike and then from then on as long as you go like i've i've done I've, i exercised every single day when i was fasting i've uh, i've done a full like 
theater production for a whole weekend of fasting <laughs> and, you know, and I'm dancing for like two hours and I'm singing and I'm reciting lines and, you know, I'm, I'm fasting and everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing this for? I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's personal. <laughs> um, and, you know, everybody's always afraid for my health. I was like, guys, 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 chill. Like, yeah, if I, you knew what I knew, you know, just, just chill. Well, so that's part of, I want to ask you what, like how much weight do you lose? And do you hit a point where you're like, is part of the fasting just a regular ritual for you? Or do you like step on a scale and you're like, yo, it's time to fucking just stop for a couple days so that my body can just get back in shape? <laughs> no. Uh, so this is something I want to tell to everybody. Do not fast for weight loss. You will fuck yourself up. If, if, you're in, if your intentions are to lose weight, there are def- better ways to do it. Because if you start fasting for weight loss, that is called anorexia and you will create a mental disorder and a body disorder. Don't do it that way. Um, personally, like weight hasn't played an issue since middle school. Like I was a chubby kid in middle school and that sucked and that had its issues with my confidence and just life in general. But you know, once, once I slendered up and I started exercising, uh, that wall went away. And especially when I just found self-love, like right now, if I could be, I could be 600 pounds. I mean, that would would suck, but I could still have a, are you sure that's physically possible? 600 pounds. That's a lot of fucking pounds, man. Like, do your organs work at that point? Jesus. Say again? Do your organs function at that point? I feel like shit would just be so compressed that like something somewhere Mm -hmm. is just going to be like, dude, I'm fucking done. I'm not dealing with this strain of like pumping against all this lard if if I'm dealing with 600 pounds of flesh the body is a resilient beast. It's, it's the most amazing machine known to anyone. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's been cases of people like a thousand pounds close to that, even, you know, and they're bedridden, they can't move, but they're just sitting there, they're, they're eating and they're, they're living and they'd have to like, get a forklift to get him out of their house to go to oh, you know, hospital yeah, yeah, to yeah, take yeah, care of him. Yeah. They take out the whole fucking wall. Like they take out literally yeah. a side of the house and they like helicopter lift you. Yeah. So it, the God. body is resilient as fuck. Can you imagine uh, the person that gets to that point, man? Like you, you weren't always that person. How do you get to that point where you're just fucking like on a bed eating mm-hmm. or consuming just that inactive? Mm-hmm. God, it, there, there's again, it's, it's, it's a mental illness. Everything is a mental illness. And, you know, you get to a point where maybe you give up or maybe you can't deal with things or, right. you know, we, we do our best to survive, whatever that may be, even if yeah. those are detrimental to our survival, you know, yeah, yeah. We'll, we're going to, we're going to keep doing that. And for some people it's food, for other people it's drugs, for other people it's sex, for other people it's murder, you know, we do what we need to do in order to get to the next day based on where we are. Like we don't know our, anybody's situation. Right. Yeah. So, I shouldn't be judging them. You're right. Thank you. You yeah. put me in my place in a very polite way. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I didn't mean to, but thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Dude. So, uh, but do you like, do you lose a substantial amount of weight fasting for 10 days? Um, I wouldn't say substantial, like my normal, like personally, like I also exercise a lot and, or just, I don't exercise a lot. I'm very active most of the time. Uh, I fluctuate between 155 and 165. So just, I go back and forth. Um, when I'm fasting, I'll go, I'll drop maybe to like 150. Um, I've never really went further down than that. And like I said, I don't always do 10 day fasts. Like that's not like, Oh, it's, it's, it's Monday time for a 10 yeah, day right? fast. Oh, like a month. 10 day fast is maybe like a once a year, maybe just a, a very rarity. Most of the time I would do uh one to three day fast, uh, like once a month kind of thing. Jesus. I like to wait for like the full moon and be like, Hey, full moon, 
this is for you. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Stop. Stop. So b- before I, before I just try to understand that, because I'm hoping uh-huh. that's, how tall are you? How tall are you? How tall? Yeah. Um, six foot. Oh wow, dude! Six foot five, one fifty to one sixty-five. Okay, all right, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that is um, one fifty is definitely on the slender end of six foot, right? So, so I don't know, probably. Or are you uh, just like all head? Like you just have this big ass head? I'm almost thinking of the dude in the office that was dating Aaron back in the day, but he was like six four. Um, Gabe, huh. did you watch The Office at all? I did used to watch The Office, okay. but at the same time, I'll let go of everything. If if you can spark the memory, maybe it'll come back. So Gabe was the creepy guy when um, laser printers from Florida bought him, bought them out, uh, and he was yeah, psychoing yeah. into fucking like dark ass Japanese horror movies, and he would just like lurk, and he was all fucking head. He was in Silicon Valley as well. Um, I don't know if you watched that, but like just a like a fucking typical like. His role in life is to be six foot two, all head, mm-hmm. and no fucking body, like just a stick That's figure. Crazy. Um, uh, like I I'm I'm pretty like I can't say I'm I'm like buff. I mean I'm I'm, I'm muscular in a sense, you know. I, I I lift weights. Uh, like like I said, my normal walking around is is one like you know one fifty five to one sixty five. So yeah. let's just call it one sixty. And then then yeah, when when you go when when you're fasting, you drop down to one fifty. Like there's just no body fat. Like it just it just goes away. Yeah. When when I was when I was doing keto for about eight months, uh, maybe six months or something like that. Like I had literally zero body fat, and then I looked really freaking skinny. And yeah, I think I dropped down to maybe like one forty five. I've never been any. I've oh, never been lower than that. Um, that's kind of amazing uh, that the body holds that many carbs where your body can, can like sustain and find sugar in different parts of you. Like it just makes you think how much fucking sugar you're got on the daily, you know? Well, at that point, it's 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 it, it starts like I said, it, it converts to fat, and you know it, it forgets about the sugar because the sugar's gone, and it starts working on fat, and that's why you start losing weight because you know oh, you have yeah. fat deposits everywhere, right? And then it, it takes takes that fat that the, the and, and converts it into ketones, and then you know you, you feed off of that. That's why if you do have any extra pounds, it would work to, for weight loss, and that's why there is all these diets that's like high fat, low carb diet, don't eat sugar, eat avocados, right. and it works because you start getting into that ketosis and you burn fat. But yeah, if, when you do it for long, I don't think ketosis is a is a is a long term diet. I think it's a you yeah. do it for some time and then do something else and then come back to it. It's it's very positive in in that way. I feel like. It doesn't seem sustainable to me, but I'm kind of ignorant to it, to be honest with you. Um, but like, I also have love handles, right? So that's <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I did it, I'd be a believer, and I'd be like, okay, I got the discipline for it. But hey, it's like like you, you that that squishiness is nice, especially if you have a partner. I mean, you I must like you probably have a, a partner. Like you need that squishiness is nice for love making, man. Like love handles are called love handles for a reason. That's, if you know, it's all just great, muscle and then you know what? Bones, that's a great point, man. Like, why are we fucking body shaming love handles when they're name suggests that you're love right exactly a, jesus you see you got the right mentality i'm glad i'm glad i found you my friend appreciate oh, that thank Andre. you i feel the um, same way <laughs> now now i want to go back to this like hey full moon i'm gonna fast because i really uh, hope like that's a true thing <laughs> like is that like is that some fucking cycle where like on a full moon it's pulling your body's water some way that allows you to do shit or so for me personally it's it's more spiritual like um it's uh how should i say it so the full moon is is the symbol of the femininity right and uh ever since i became an artist you know i've been trying to um 
what's a good word? And just to balance, I guess, balance the masculinity and the femininity wow. to just be a whole, a wholesome person. So on the East and, Coast, we call that metro. We used to make fun of it, but essentially, uh, it was like metrosexual. I remember that back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, again, if you, if you go back and study any sort of like ancient, ancient readings, ancient teachings, um, some of the first steps into just like enlightenment, because I've, ever since I've understood, ever since I've heard the word of like self-actualization, enlightenment, I've been obsessed with it. I was like, this is, this is amazing. We can expand our consciousness. What? So I, I kind of started uh, reading things about it when I gathered my own experiences, I guess. Like I, I found something, I was like, this is unexplainable. What does this mean? And I started seeing, finding information and just kind of ga- gauging my progress based on what it was. What was did written. you find was like, that was amazing? Like there was a weird set of coincidences that you were like, holy shit. That, that was one of it. That was later on, like synchronicities that happen in life. And you're like, what's happening? Um, but initially it was just, just how I even got into, into art itself. You know, I was pre-med, I was going to go be a doctor, all these things. And then instead of it, I decided to walk away just out of, from everything and decide to, uh, put a lot of my effort into my family, my, you know, my, my parents or, or my mom, my, my sister, my brother, and uh, help her at least help my mom uh, run her business. And she does custom manufacturing, so there's a lot of things with, with her hands and just, you know, CNC routers and all that stuff. Uh, so initially, like, I got into that and started, you know, eating healthy, uh, meditating, all that stuff, and started just uncovering a whole bunch of bullshit that I've had in my mind, you know, just just beliefs that I've been living on that, that haven't been serving me or anybody else. So once I let go of those, I had this strike of lightning, and it was the realization that I am the creator of my own existence, of my own experience, of, of everything that happens to me. I am I am responsible for it. And that shook me at a cellular level. Like it, it, it moved me. And from that point on, like I became a creator, I became a painter, a musician, a, a, a you know, clothes designer, like Fesbian. Just, just a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Just, just everything. Right. It's just an expression. Just, of, I was of, about to say just the fucking expressionist. Huh? Yeah. So, an so expressionist. You, That's all it is. Yeah. What do you think the, like, why respond in that way to this realization? Well, if if you are the creator of your of your reality, if you don't express your needs or your or your desires, then you're not creating your reality. Somebody else is creating your reality, and if somebody else is creating your reality, you're not living. You're not living a life. You're living somebody else's life, and if you're living somebody else's life, might as well die, man. You know, there's there's this quote by Shakespeare: "Give me liberty or give me death," and like that is like that's that, my life, man. That I wasn't not, Ben Franklin. That was Shakespeare. Well, maybe it was Benjamin Franklin. I don't know. Man. I don't know shit, dude. I, dude, I, I gotta Google that. Hold on one second, because I was—I've been reading this history book, and I'm not trying to like call you out on shit, but I'm just oh, like, please, no, please do. Seriously, wondering like, is that? No, now now I, you have to fill time. So I don't know you at all. Fill thirty seconds while I Google, and people hear me type. <laughs> Which is good. I fact check is number one. Uh, yeah, I'm really bad at people's names, especially if people I haven't met. Hey, we so were both it, wrong. Apparently, it is attributed to Patrick Henry from a speech he made to the Second Virginia Convention, March 23rd, 1775, St. John's Church in Richmond, according to uh, Wikipedia. Uh, that sounds beautiful. All right. Well, Dude, okay. well I, mean, I am it, okay with being wrong and I'm happy to it, be wrong. It, it should have been some shit. He probably got it from Shakespeare. Let's be honest. Cause those <laughs> motherfuckers read dude, the more I, so I'm reading this book that's called mm. the quartet and it's about America's second revolution. And mm. it's interesting. Like you got to a point in your life where you're like looking within. And I guess I'm to a point in my, my life where I'm looking like 
to the past to understand. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the dudes who shaped America on the, you know, after the revolutionary war, it was like, great. Now Mm -hmm. our common enemy's gone. What the fuck do we do now? How do we Mm -hmm. maintain this national government when we're all about individual rights? Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's the only reason I started thinking about maybe that was Franklin because I've been reading a bunch of how these dudes just fucking studied everything. And again, they like they were almost degen- degenerates. They just sat in bars fucking drinking and like reading mm-hmm. and taking notes. But it was all about words with them. Like they wanted mm-hmm. to get up in front of dudes and say shit like that and say fucking argue, man. Give me liberty, give me death. What mm-hmm. side are you going to take? You know, like that was their thing. Um so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's why okay. it, uh, that that's why it kind of like spoke to me because I was like, wait, were these guys just all fucking plagiarizing like playwriters of the 1500s? <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, it's all philosophy though. That's what it is. You know, I've been listening oh, to a lot of philosophy as well up until this point. You know, reading about other ways of of living, other thoughts of of of, of school of thoughts, and I mean the same thing. It's like you know the same idea kind of gets pushed around and then gets added on and shifted and then reversed you know everything nothing is new under the sun everything is just plagiarism well, from somebody so, else that's dude, smarter or better literally about, put your own spin on it i was about to ask you that so if nothing's new but yet you're a creator mm-hmm. how do you feel about that paradigm because so, can you create if nothing's new so the, the the thing is we don't create anything new we create based on the um, on the i guess the patterns laid out in front of us so Quick example is it's like if you see an amateur artist, they're gonna try their hardest to to draw something. They're like, I want to draw a horse, and I'm gonna draw a horse. And you're gonna see a lot of even maybe just like jerky movements, all that stuff. Well, you can see when somebody tried too hard. When a, a, an amazing artist, <laughs> like so a true. professional artist, so true. he's gonna he's gonna take he's gonna use the the, the brush. He's not going to use his effort. He's going to use the shape of the brush to create the, the painting, right? He, he's going he's gonna to use something that's already in nature. Like he t- he t- he'll take a leaf that already has a pattern in it and maybe use the impression of it to create a sort of Holy you know, a pattern. You know? Like look at Bob Ross. Just, he, he didn't paint mountains. He didn't sit there and sketch out a mountain. He says, take this be- roll of uh, bead of paint and right. just scrape it down. And the way that physics works, the way that um, you know, paint or just a liquid will spread down a hard surface will create a certain um, image. Something. Image. I yeah. mean, yeah, an, an illusion of something that is existing in nature. A great artist, they they copy nature and and they try to express what is already around them. And I, I believe that's exactly where the the, the quote came from. Um, you know, good artists copy, great artists steal. I think the greatest artists, they just steal the concepts that's already around us that nature provides. You know, that's what I do. Like all my artwork is like not all of it, but a lot of my paintings, I I use bilateral symmetry. I'll take. Uh, random splatter art, you know, abstract expressionism like Jackson Pollock, and I'll digitize it and I'll mirror it, and boom, you start getting totems and animals pop out, and it, it becomes very interesting to the eye because I just I take a simple simple concept of nature, bilateral symmetry, like we're all that. Your yeah, face right. is that. Your body's that. You know. Well, the sexiest of us is the other people. Like, uh, it's a little issue, right? That's another yes. that's another office reference. That was a whole fucking episode. I believe it was Jennifer Gardner where they uh, like broke down the bilateral that was Oscar's thing. He broke down the bilateral symmetry. And it was oh. all like that is scientific proof that she would be I believe the the like the organism that we most want to reproduce with uh, because her yes. symmetry is perfect and he had like 20 different points about like eyebrows, eyes, nose and all oh. that shit. Oh. But that's exactly it. You know, that's exactly yeah. it. 
And I'm sure there's going to be so many more people that are going to accept that reference. And I'm just like, yeah, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, I watch a lot of things. Well, that's a lie. I haven't watched a lot of things in years, but I used to watch a lot of things. And even then I'd be like, awesome, great. Move on next episode. And then I just forget everything that ever happened. I'll watch, I'll finish watching a movie and they're like, what did you feel about that? I was like, it made me feel good, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, it didn't. Let's stick. watch it again. Yeah. Dude, I um I had spoke to a guy in, a guy named Jared who um is in Canada. He's a surreal artist, mm-hmm. and something he uh-huh. said that I had not heard because I asked him about surrealism. I'm like, dude, you guys are fucking psychos. Like you just see mm-hmm. shit in whack ass ways, and he's like, I really don't see anything. It's really more mm-hmm. when I let go and let the pencil start going. Mm-hmm. And I just trust that it'll be something. He said, my mm-hmm. art gets most fucked up when I start like interjecting myself in it before it is mm-hmm. done. And I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. dude. Like that's that's some deep stuff where you're like tapping into a subconscious to let it be expressive, mm-hmm. to create, almost like what you're saying. I, that's exactly it. And and that was the thought. That was the idea that took over my entire life, you know, because if it can be true, because I'm a scientific person. So I was like, all right, let me check this out. Uh, you know, I, I learned about like, you know, quantum mechanics a little bit, you know, just just a, a duality particle, uh, particle duality uh, thing. And then um, entangle entanglement, just just a whole bunch of like just these simple ideas that have been passed down to us from science about how, you know, the observer, which is us, has a has a a, a power in how the universe shapes itself. Right. And I was like, OK, wow, let's let's see this. Right. Let's see this. Yeah. So I started throwing paint at at the at, you know, at the canvas, at the wall, whatever. I was throwing paint at places just to and, and holding an intention in my heart. It's just like an emotion. Right. And I was just trying to express that emotion. So I was like, just so I'm not I'm not creating with any idea in mind. I don't want to make a, a pencil. I don't want to make anything. I just want to get this emotion out of me. For, first thing that happened, the emotion left and I started feeling like relief. And I was like, holy oh, shit, catharsis? I've never felt this before. Yeah, right. Like, I danced, I sang, like I, I, I got all these things out that I, I'd never allowed myself to do because I felt like society was watching me and judging me. Mm. And so first thing that happened is I found freedom. I was like, oh, this is good just because of that. And then when I started um, inspecting my paintings, I, I would see interesting things stand out. And I was like, what is this interesting thing? So I magnified it. Um, I, I use a macro camera just to, to pull it out and just kind of look at it. and there is one painting or, or one image that stood out and it was almost exactly the same thing that I drew like two years ago. It, it had the same meaning to me. It looked the same, same colors. And I was like, how the fuck did this happen? Like I drew something <laughs> specifically and it looked crude and ugly. And then I had this like a refined version that I just, it was it's a little blip on this painting that I found. And it was the exact same expression. And, and for me, Personally, it, it moved it moved me so much. So I dove deeper into into that. It's like, oh, I can express something without physically making it happen. And that painting turned into a book. Like I, I ended up just kind of translating each of these images into what it meant to me. And that book turned was was just my I guess my journey to to becoming this individual. Like certain thoughts came out of me. Like again, understandings that I didn't necessarily hold conscious, but they were subconscious. And and that painting brought it out of me. And it just continued to go forth from that. I understood that once you have a moment of this clarity, a moment of this creation, which again, it's not something that you, you as an individual create. It's something that you, as a vessel, allow to move through you. Like just the universe floods your 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 body, and then you you let it out through whatever means you can do it. 
you can. And then like for me, the most exciting part is then analyzing. It's like, what did, what just happened? What did, what did it do? And what kind of information did, did it impart on me? And for me, like if, if you saw me right now, like I have colors all around me. Like I, I live and breathe color now and before black and white monotonous. Now it's all about that expression. It's all about the color. It's all about that movement. And, and man, it, when, when you as an individual, as a mind try to get into that, that, yeah, that's as, as Jared said to you, that's when you disrupt that connection. And then that's, you, you start trying too hard and just trying to prove something and your mind just disrupts that creative flow. And then, you know, what do you get? mediocrity so you're seeing color or i guess i should ask like why is the color important why can't black and white um be stimulating be creative do you just see it as too like yes no so well so personally um i mean black and white is still amazing like i love monochromatic art i love um just the way you said i love monochromatic art when i'm fucking stumbling over like black and white is impressive Mm -hmm. to me by the way just, just so you yeah. know uh, <laughs> that you like have the fucking, like the name for it when I'm like, yeah, black and white. And you're like, Oh, monochromatic art. Absolutely. And I'm like, well, Fuck. well, black and white is, is one type of monochromatic. You could have other types of monochromatic, you know, just, just like red, you know, just it's so I, I understand what you're saying. Um, in like, I like, again, I live in Seattle and it's gloomy all the time and uh, okay. emotions are the same kind of gloom Got colors you. inherently have, emotional properties you know that's why in marketing it's it's very like mcdonald's yellow and and red you know red's making you feel agitated so you get out of there quick you know because they're trying to make the line move and yellow is inviting you know so they're trying to get you there make you feel happy and then red got your food get the fuck out so colors have a lot of inherent properties that you know affect the mind and my my okay my job as an artist is to move people into at least personally get people to become their greatest self. So I use an explosion of color. So to, to, to attack their mind, to attack their psyche, to, to feel something and to, to hopefully unlodge something that's been stuck. I, I, I try to get other people to see my art the way I see my art as a, as a lattice uh, for them to place their mind upon, you know, like, like Carl Jung or, or of um, Sigmund Freud, Sigmund Freud, Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Was and he to, an to artist see yourself. Too? Say again? Like, was he an artist, like, as well? well he wasn't just, well, like, no, a fucking theorist? No, like, Sigmund Freud, he, you know, he did the Rorschach test, the the, 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 the ink blot, and he would, he would do, again, bilateral symmetry, that you show it to a patient, and you say, what do you see? And then they tell oh, him, cat- I see gotcha, a, gotcha, gotcha. a okay, bat I'm eating you. my father, and you're like, oh, daddy issues. Well, yeah, so, right. I thought, no, I thought he was, like, a um, almost like Da Vinci's one fucking hell of an inventor, but at the same time, like, <sighs> motherfucker could draw, right? So I thought you meant that with, like, for, like Freud has this secret art gallery somewhere that I've never heard of where he's like I making these like family portraits of, you know, like maybe his mother's fucking his father. Oh, <laughs> like what That if? kind what of if? shit, right? Like, is there a notebook somewhere where Freud just has all these dirty ass images he's sketching as he's like oh. in class listening to lectures, looking down on fucking like whatever, like hundred level psychology teachers in college. That's Dude, I bet he would too. And if <laughs> if if anything, we right? need to spend resources on this. This is the real conspiracy theory, and we need to uncover this truth. Because if he's got something, it's going to be freaking nuts. Go it's fund be me right now. Dirty. If we can get this started, Jesus, yeah, right. I, I will. I will start digging. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's what I was wondering, and I I I don't think I knew that he was. So he was the Warshock dude, huh? 
Yeah, so yeah, so Sigma Freud he started the the inkblot test, the Rorschach test, and he he's the one that you know created the psychology behind it. You know, there's some there's symbols, there's symbology that that is in our subconscious that uh, speaks about you know where our where we stand. So that's why he would he would show the the the, the blot and he say what do you see and then they'd say oh, I see that and then he'd interpret interpret it. Do you think he'd do the he same thing with like, dreams? Do you think he huh? had like a happy blot, a sad blot, an angry blot? Or do you think it was just like random ass drops, fold, let people interpret it, and it literally had no um, no design prior to what people would interpret? So uh, again, uh, based on my personal experience and the way that I approach it, uh, I would as create an expert something... in the field. By the way, I'm just going to put that out there as, 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 as the in forefront the field. expert in this field. I, thank you very much. I do feel like that. Uh, so in, again, initially, especially if, if my intention is to get somebody to just to just place their mind upon it, you just you make it, you you, you fold it, and you make a, a an image, right? The brain right. is fantastic at recognizing patterns or faces, right? That's yeah. a, a survival instinct that's been imparted on us through for, because of evolution, right? So you make this image that will will show something and then yeah your job as a psychologist to see where did their mind go based on something that's completely almost irrelevant just just a, a blotch of color or a blotch of, of just a shape right there's nothing written this is your mother getting murdered this, right. there's nothing there's no picture there's nothing it's it's a piece of paper with ink and your mind so it that piece of paper acts as a window into the individual's mind gotcha. and that's what freud would, would 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 do he would say here's a piece here's nothing Let's see what your mind does with this nothing. And more often than not, you know, it reveals uh, a, a great depth about your personality, your, your inner work, your, your subconscious. And then with that, then you can start unraveling as a psychologist. Say, all right, why, why, does, why do you feel that way? How did that get there? How can we uh, release that from you? And for, for me personally, that's, that's, that's how it happened for me, with me. And that's what I want other people to see. Take my art, place their mind in it, find some sort of attachment to it wherever it may be there's a lot of hooks in the paintings usually because there's a lot of things happening and and that way you you can start extracting you know just spend time with yourself go inside and ask yourself why do i feel this way why am i why are these things happening and then eventually with enough questioning and with enough time spent with yourself you can get to the to like to ground zero like where i got to and from that ground zero it's it's nothing but freedom. It's 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 sovereignty. It's it's you start to create your own world once you let go of all these hooks that you found, and all of these labels that you attach to yourself. You you have free reign over who you become and what will happen. Dude, I was literally about to ask when you brought up the hooks, man. Like you're in like you were actually in medical school, like accepted to medical school or like pre med, or you had like the fucking robe on and the books and the whole shit. So I was um, uh, I went to University of Washington here in Seattle, uh, and I completed my undergraduate study. I went uh, all my I got my BA in in biology and two associates in chemistry and biology. Uh, I took a year off to go work with a doctor, uh, and that was my I guess my my trial if I wanted to be in that. Gotcha. So sh shortly during that process of working with the doctor, he said, "Listen." You have, you, you're incredible. Your mind is sharp. You are very talented. Like I appreciate you as a person. Uh, I will send you to the med school that I went to in New York. You just say the word and you're in there and just boom. I was like, all right, cool your jets, doc. Let me see if I want to do this first. Pump your brakes. Really? After a year, you still weren't sure, huh? 
So, so, and then I worked with him for a year and yeah, I, I thought about it and then came to a point of realization. I was like, who am I to let, to not take this chance? Like this chance doesn't land on anybody's lap. Like this man is saying he will like pave the road for me basically. Like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna do it. Right. right. So I decided I was going to do it. I said goodbye to all my friends. And as I'm driving home to my parents' home, at least to tell them that I was going to, you know, finally take the plunge and say, all right, peace out. I had a, I, I was moved. I guess I had a realization during like that seven minute drive and it, it, it shifted my entire life because I understood that the, the path to medicine wasn't my own. I understood that, uh, the, the, the business of medicine wasn't as humanitarian as I thought. And it was about more so making money and, and in the prescription drug world rather than, all right, you're sick, you're hurting. Let me do anything and right. everything to help you. Society isn't structured for the help of, of the sick. It's structured for the profit. You know, of the, to, to the profit. You got to run a business yeah. to, to stay in business. Yeah. And I understand that. But at the same time, that's not what I wanted. So even though I was going to tell my parents, I was like, goodbye. And I came home and I was like, hey, I'm quitting my job. I'm leaving my apartment. I'm leaving everything behind. And I'm going to come here and focus on helping you and spend time with you because you are what I want to do. I didn't want to lose um, the 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 precious time of my sister's life. She was five at that time. And I knew if I was going to leave, I'd come back when she was 18, you know? And uh, when I was younger, it was my middle school age is when I was facing, you know, again, depression. Uh, people were bullying me. I didn't have a father and my, my stepdad died. Her dad died also around that time. So she oh, would be shit. in my, in my mind, she would be facing the same things and she right. wouldn't have anybody to look for, took up to. So I, I thought, I asked myself, is this, is this position? Is this, is this, medicine thing worth it and it it became not worth it after years of studying after after saying to everybody it's like oh so you think you're gonna be a doctor it's like i will be a doctor for years after defending that position and striving to it just just head on i i decided to walk away and i was like this isn't what i want to do yeah and thankfully this came out of it all the art came out of it like i have never been more alive well you talk about getting off of and i guess that's where i was thinking man like that fucking societal pressure of that like right like that's almost like picket fence what what do you have like 3.2 kids the dog you know the happy like spouse like that's american mm-hmm. dream type shit when you're going for mm-hmm. a doctor mm-hmm. like is that what you're talking about when you're talking about these hooks where these people feel like they have to be these particular things cuz they get caught up in them that, that's definitely a one part of it yeah definitely uh, cuz as as we're growing up we we are we're structured by our parents you know and in, initially, we don't have defenses for it, right? You know, here's our parents; yeah. they know everything. We're going to listen to everything right. they say. Yeah, they they make and us survive. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you have to exactly. Yeah. And you know, we all know our parents aren't perfect, just like we aren't perfect, and they're doing our best, just as we are doing our best. So, their understandings of of the worlds of society, of business, of of life, gets imparted onto you, and you take that as as. God honest truth. It's a hundred percent. Like this is, <laughs> dude. Immovable. It is gospel, right? Like it fucks you up when you learn your parents lie. It really does. You, exactly. And then that's when you start to uncover that. I don't know. Just, just yourself. And society is the same way. It's like you have to do this in order to be successful. You have to do this to be loved. You have to do this to be to have money. You know. And commercials playing that again. Marketing plays on all of that. It, it plays on your on, on your psychology, on how your mind works, on how your evolutionary biology works. It, it, it t- tries to overtake you. And the moment you, first of all, realize that these things are happening, oh my gosh, you have a long road ahead of you to find out every belief that you have ever believed and ask yourself, did I put this here or did somebody else put this here? Oh, Jesus. And, yeah. exactly. Did I make this choice or was it made on me? 
Exactly. So yeah. then you 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 see all those and you put you you have to put every single one of them down. Like love your family. Uh, I have to exercise or I don't have to just just anything and everything you've ever believed. Put it down. And then once you get to a point of not just just nothingness, non-belief and, and, and a, a new a new scope of understanding, then you can say, all right, what are the beliefs that are going to serve me, create the best me that I want to be? And if and if that best you is a fat 600 per pound person, you, you take that exercise thing and you put it away because you don't want that. But if you want to be successful in life, in the world, as, as a husband, as a father, as anything and everything, you say, all right, I want to be healthy. I want to be, you know be able to do things with my mind, with my body, with yeah. myself. I want to be able to express myself and fill my life with everything that I want it to be. Like I want to live a dream because why wouldn't you? You want to live the best possible life you can. Can I? And in order to do that, you have to attach yourself to a different sort of belief systems that then, you know, that you chose. Dude, I, I want to go down a conspiracy theory road with you of mine that Let's do it. I, dude, I'm the, like the <sighs> fucks me up, man. This fucks me up. So college, mm -hmm. this idea of college, student debt. So the more I think about this, what are student loans? They're mm -hmm. basically government backed ways to charge you 7% on fucking exorbitant amounts of money, right? Like oh, yeah. fucking congressmen, senators, they all get lobbied to make this shit happen, right? Like mm -hmm. there is no fluctuating rate on credit. It is what it is. You get what you get fucking bend over, take it, shut up, right? Mm -hmm. Why do so many people do that? Well, your high schools are funded in large part by federal funds. Mm -hmm. What message do they need to pass on to children? College is important. You mm -hmm. need to go to college. This is where you learn. This is how you get a job. This is where you become successful. This is independence where the more I like just listen to people speak, the more I'm like, it's a fucking falsehood, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying not all professions don't need college, but do you really need 130 fucking majors in a college? Four years, 200 grand to be a fucking liberal arts or to be a teacher? Like, some of this shit don't make sense to me, man. And it, it almost goes to what you're saying about like, why do I feel this need? Why do I feel college is success? Is it this weird ass system that has been put in place to take advantage of me and my vulnerability for comfort, mm -hmm. my desire for providing or sustaining a life, you know, I, I or control mm -hmm. even. Um, mm -hmm. The more I talk to different people, even like just in regions, man, the more I'm like, I don't like, I've always wanted my kid to go to college, but now I'm like, do I? I, I feel like the college is one of the biggest conspiracies, falsehoods almost of um, our culture. I would agree. Honestly, I would so agree. Even spending, you know, still paying back loans for college oh, and Jesus. spending my are time you, there. You know? After four years or you only went four years, you still are? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, six years later, still paying back. I still have like 10 grand left, which I mean, isn't a lot, but yeah. man, that's like six years out of college paying back, you know, monthly and without missing anything. I, and, and having half of basically half of my things covered through financial aid, oh, I still Jesus. have 10 grand left six years yeah. later. See, and I'm just like, come on, really? <sighs> it's, it's, it is a, it is a ruse. It is a trap. 
that a lot of people fall for because, uh, I mean, again, society sells it. And, you know, if you want to have a good career, if you want to have a good job, you have to go to college and you have to da 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 Well, it also but makes initially- me think like America doesn't have a fucking grow up ritual. College is the grow up ritual, right? Like there is no fucking here's your spear, put on some war <laughs> paint, hop in the fucking woods and slay a boar, come back and you're a man, right? Like we don't have that shit. The closest thing would maybe be joining the military. Mm-hmm. So it, all these families buy into this like colleges where you grow up. And it seems like that shit is just getting fucking squeezed for every dime it's worth mm-hmm. by who knows, man. Like the money's so big, you almost can't even follow it. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. And even if, if it was a place where people go to grow up, many people don't do it. You know, <laughs> They don't kill the boar. They do not do that. <laughs> They come back with two squirrels and a frog and they're like, is this good enough? Yeah. Did I, did I do good daddy? No, go back out there. I mean, I, I'm all for it. Here's, here's a heavy dose of, I don't know, psilocybin, let's call it. Go onto the woods and stay there for a week. Let's see what happens. I, I feel like that's, that's a manhood ritual that, or just an adult ritual that we should all face. Cause man, there's no greater mm, foe than yourself. Yeah, right, man. I just, I, I don't know, man, like listening to you speak about that. Um, and then the, cause honestly, like, why are you sending your kid to college? Well, you want them to be happy. You want them to be able to like provide for themselves, but mm-hmm. are you doing that by encouraging them to go get a shitload of debt and then maybe get a job that they're unhappy with, but they feel forced into using whatever this bullshit education that they got mm-hmm. helps them to get in order to get this paycheck where they're now always trying to get more instead of being happy with what they have. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, I just, it is a trap. I just played out and I'm like, man, it just seems, <clears throat> it seems odd. And I, dude, I value education. Like fucking knowledge is power. But, oh, me too. Knowledge right? is the greatest. Right? Like, it, but it, the, no, the, I just, the, way it, our, it, the way we're approaching it is, 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 is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. With the price tag, like we, we are scared to put a price tag on life with Corona, right? Like the whole fucking economy mm-hmm. shutting down $2.2 trillion and 25,000 people have died. So if it's 2 million mm-hmm. people, that's like what? A hundred thousand dollars. I don't know if I did that math exactly. Maybe $1 million, $1 million mm-hmm. per person we saved if 2 million people were expected to die. So we mm-hmm. just said your life is worth a million dollars. That's, that's weird, right? Well, now we're also saying in college, your future is worth 250,000. Like what Mm -hmm. the fuck are we, are we sure? Does it need to be valued that much? Like the, the numbers and the way that America just goes all in on this capitalism is, um, it it helps me understand why like Bernie Sanders gets such support Mm -hmm. because it seems fucked up, man. Like you're going on with the marketing. Like it just seems like it ain't. Like you're being almost manipulated, tricked into a trap, a snare. (laughs) Like you're the fucking, you're the boar running into a snare. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. not the one spearing the boar. You are the boar. They're fucking, they're eating you. Well, well, that's what it is. And we know that the educational system hasn't been updated in, in, in a long time. And initially it was put together so you know to have factory workers. Right. And that's exactly what we're still doing in, in public school and even in, in, in colleges. You know, can you, can you listen to the information? Can you 
take a test. Can you can you think enough to actually get a job done, but not think so much that you're going to question the authority that's telling you to do the job? Right. You know, self education is the thing right now. All the information that you would ever need is online, and I completely agree. Like, if you are getting into chemistry or or be, becoming a doctor, yeah, you should probably go yeah. work with people who have real life experience and a laboratory to, to experiment with, you know, you're not going to have a, a whole lab set up at home that you're going to feel confident running. Oh yeah. And so, you yeah, need the fucking fundamentals for but sure. Like, right. Like there's basics you need. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's like to get to that point, it's such a long journey to understand that you actually want to be a doctor. You know, like I, I'm not for, uh, you know, paying doctors a half a million dollars a year. Like, yeah, they need, they're, they, provide a huge value to society but at the same time that person should be in there for the love of the job for the love of humanity to act that he gets to do a great job for these people who are sick and are helpless right. you know like you don't go there be like oh i'm gonna be a millionaire and and i'm gonna you know do whatever that is not the right place to be that we don't want that person there same thing with the teacher a teacher should be paid way more yeah well, the, the hands of the next generation are or the minds of the next generation are in their hands and if they're overworked overstressed underpaid what kind of next generation are we going to have? It's going to be a yeah. shitty one. Dude, there's, it, it, there's there's insanity going on. Well, it reminds me of like ounce of prevention worth a pound of the cure. And like with doctors, because yes. you're so fucking desperate, it's like they're the pound of the cure. So you're going to give what the fuck ever money you got to whoever can like alleviate this pain, this discomfort, mm -hmm. who can give you another fucking whatever month, year, week, hour. But like teachers are like, ah, kids are resilient. They'll figure shit out. You know, uh -huh. it don't really matter. Like, it'll just put them together. Is my kid safe? Yeah. Okay. They didn't get bit today. Great. Send them home. And it's like, <laughs> why is that acceptable where that's formative years? And it'd be, man, that'd be a fucking super cool social experiment. Like, could you take a fucking, like, could we get Hawaii mm. to just fucking pay teachers like they were doctors and like every mm -hmm. fucking teacher, like all of a sudden, man, you're making a quarter of a million dollars a year mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. see how fucking good education is then. And mm -hmm. then your doctors get paid like 60 grand and you play that shit out fucking 30 years and just see like, what would the healthy, would you need as many doctors? Would you need as mm -hmm. much medicine if kids were educated and like what you were saying, nutrition, healthy mm -hmm. living, artistic expression, contentness, lack of stress, mm -hmm. right? Like, all these things that doctors have to deal with almost like post-mortemously. I don't mm -hmm. even know if that worked. But like like they're dealing with it after it's fucking there where you could prevent it with like mm -hmm. being brought up right, being educated mm -hmm. to like be cool with you. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Well, like 100%. I think that'd be fascinating. Like, um, I, I, I was just uh, listening to a, a podcast called Philosophize This by Stephen West. And it's one of the greatest podcasts. It's about philosophy. And the last four episodes, he was he was covering, or at least, the, the, yeah, in the last four episodes, he was talking about um, a different, I don't know, just a different way to structure society. And, and one of them was where you kind of you limited government to just to just be like the bodyguard right yeah. they make sure that laws are being passed but other than that like you want to live your life as long as it's legal just do you right yeah so he says that way you create an environment where if you want to if you want to create like a communistic community feel free go do that figure out how it works if there's something good awesome let us know if there's something bad we'll see it play out so that way you have like thousands of petri dishes of different sort of ways to sustain a society right. which again we as 350 million people are not a way to sustain society we're too big to manage we're much easily managed in smaller communities so that way you have a community of people make get a commune get a city whatever 
run your experiment, share the findings. And in this case, we you could do that. You'd be like, all right, this is going to be legal. We're going to pay teachers this much. We're going to teach, teach doctors this much. How is it going to change? And I think it's going to go exactly like you said. Preventative, preventative measures going to take out. People are going to be smarter. They're going to make better decisions. They're going to be healthier all around. Doctors aren't going to be needed as much. And if the doctor is needed, they're going to do what it, just just – it's they, a they will also teach preventative service, measures because they don't want to work too too hard. Yeah. You know, just like oh, let me let me cut you for no reason. They're not going to do unnecessary yeah. surgery. And they're going to do right. anything unnecessary. You know, so I think that's an amazing idea. I think we should definitely do that, right, like a hundred percent. So here here's here's what we're gonna what's today Tuesday. So on Thursday we're gonna find a fucking boat and we're gonna go find these Freud sketches. Okay. Mm. That might take what a week and a half, maybe two weeks, right? Because we uh-huh. do have internet. So two weeks later, we're gonna sell <laughs> these doodles and we're gonna fucking buy an island. Hey. All right. And then we're gonna do Andrew, was it Andrew, who is it, Yang? Where he was like uh, on that like yeah. American dividend. We're gonna fucking mm-hmm. pay people on a corona-free island to come be like in our petri dish. So we'll have this shit done, dude, in like three and a half to four months. Mm, that'd be super easy too. Yeah, honestly, I, I really feel like actually three months might be too long. Matter of fact, I what what month are we in? Is it April? Oh, dude, we're, fucking! By yeah, the time Corona is solved in July, we'll have everybody back. Like we'll already know the answers. True, right? Everybody's just sitting around anyway. It's like let's <laughs> let's do something good with this time. No doubt. Like motherfucker, why do you want to go to Mars? We own an island off of Tahiti. Come here. Yeah. And right? Just fucking hang out and be a part of this. Let's see what happens. Oh shit! Bring your kid. Here's an extra two grand. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> why do you want to? Why do you want to be with Elon on a fucking flight to Mars? Come with us, man. Get on a sailboat. We know what water is. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> right? We got we got water. No we even got water up there. We got water. No fucking doubt. You really want to wear an oxygen tank over your head? Stop it. You know we got air. Shit is fresh. Come with us. Right? We got bananas, we got water, we got air. I mean, we got everything. What else do you Holy want? Shit, dude. And you, you know what's the saddest part is like, um, fuck, that was a Netflix documentary, uh, the Firefly Island or whatever, where they like coaxed all these people into spending like five grand. Oh, or yeah. Whatever, yeah, like remember. Ja Rule, it was going to be fucking great. And it was like a farce the whole time. Like yeah. if we had the right promotional company, we could actually get like 20,000 people to come. Oh, I completely agree. Like, and it's all about the marketing and the storytelling. I mean, look at Apple. They, they did such a good job that even selling an inferior product, they can seem as, you know, better than, you know, and I'm not saying the iPhone sucks. Don't like, don't get me wrong. The iPhone is a great piece of technology, but but in, in a market where there's a lot of better options, Everybody still sees the iPhone as the greatest option. Dude. And I'm like, that is factually untrue. All because of billboards, fucking silhouettes with color. And maybe that goes to your color thing, dude. That's actually – I hadn't thought of that McDonald's thing that you had brought up before. But like how much – what was the fucking like board meeting? What was the manager's meeting in Apple when they were doing those black silhouettes with like the splash of like hot pink and then like the iPod or whatever was in like mm-hmm. white? You know what I'm talking about? Or the silhouettes in white and the iPods in black. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like how much thought was into like Columbia Blue or Fuchsia? Go. And then they just fucking go around a table with like 20 psychologists all like talking about the effects of these colors. You know? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, especially in bigger companies, like a lot that go, a lot goes into that. Like I, I do logos for, you know, as a freelancer. I do a lot of design as a freelancer. And like a lot of, 
a lot of thought goes behind everything, every choice you make. And sometimes you get a customer that understands that and they're like, yeah, awesome. Other times you get you're just a person that's like, eh, whatever. It's like, all right, you don't understand what's happening and that's fine. I'll just give you whatever, whatever you want, man, whatever you want. Yeah, right. But yeah. But mar- yeah, marketers, I mean, they are some of the greatest psychologists, sociologists that you can find because they, they have to they have to make money based on their understanding of the human mind. Yeah. You know? And See, that is the tricky part. So like, are they really revealing something to ourselves that we want on a subconscious level that we don't recognize? They're definitely playing our um weak uh weak points that's for sure because oh. they understand our weak points so they're like all right this person wants you know we all want love right the, the reason why i am the way i am like i, I decided is like people want love i'm just going to give them love and then just forego all the things all the steps in between but most of the time people are saying all right they want love how do i make them feel like they can get love oh i'm going to tell them that buying a gucci purse is going to make him feel loved all right so how am i going to make this commercial that was going to show that having a Gucci purse is going to give them love. Mm. Oh, walking around with a Gucci purse. Look at all the people looking at you. Oh, you're getting, you're getting phone numbers. All oh, people buying you drinks. Da, 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 da. Bam, you got love. And if somebody watching that, they want love. Oh, all I need is a Gucci purse. And then they buy it. And then they buy the, the cologne. And then they buy the shoes because it also continues to sell on that same Wait, necess- is a guy, desire. Does the guy have the Gucci purse in this analogy? Or is the girl buying uh, well, cologne? Or is it gender? It was a girl I was picturing. Okay. But at the same time, it can be like it can be anything, right? Maybe maybe yeah, a guy yeah, needs yeah. a Gucci purse to get laid, yo. It's oh, like yo, the lady's gonna say, you're, "Oh, look at that thing! It's better than my purse." European. I'm gonna get together with him. It's not a fanny pack. It's a European man bag. <laughs> oh, I got a fanny pack for you, baby. I actually do. I make a fanny pack, and it's sexy, and it gives people love. So you can buy it on AndreSaki.com. Bam! Look at that. I just I just marketed. <laughs> do you really? You make you make fanny packs, Dad? Yeah, dad fucking fanny packs. Yeah, I have a. I, ooh, I love my fanny pack. Yeah, I made a fanny pack, and it's all psychedelic design. It's like purple, a little green, and um, just a lot of colors. And I also have like a shirt that's the same. Design as a fanny pack and pants the same as a fanny pack. So I'll go out into the world and I'm just like this one, just just this one big design, and I look like I belong in an interdimensional place. Right. And people are like, "What's happening here?" And I'm just like, "Fanny pack or yeah. pants." You're, people love my pants. You're being marketed to. That's what <laughs> manipulation, yeah, well, bitch. Th- that's what it is. That's what it is. True. Honestly, honestly, that's that's what it is at the very end of the day. But you got to ask yourself, why are you marketing, right? Some people it's profit, other people, you know, I just want to love people. And I want other people to connect with other people that are loving other people. So it's like for me, it's it's a way of life that I can actually, you know, connect uh, individuals into a society or a community that they're going to feel welcomed and and appreciated. I was about to ask that. So like, do you think of the psychedelic and when you say psychedelic, I'm assuming like similar to like tie dye ish. Am I thinking about that? Right. That's similar, but a lot more vibrant and a lot more designs and a lot more intricacies. Cause you know, I, I do spend a lot of time, you know, digitally enhancing things, popping things out. So tie dye is similar to it, but, but this wait. is like tie dye on acid. Got you, got you, got you. So like that, have you gone into, have you gotten into the science of tie dye's appeal? Is that why you went that route, or like just the artist where you were talking earlier about like totem poles and shit like that? And I shouldn't say shit like that because I feel like that's mm. derogatory towards your art, and I apologize. Oh, no. I need to get better oh, no. with my words. But that that artistic style led you towards this medium 
or you actually found like, okay, this, the people who feel this way respond better to this type of color, this type so of art. My, my journey has been personal through and through. Like I, I have not, ever since I looked inside, I have not looked outside even for a moment. So everything that is the, me now, I just kind of oxymoron. created it up and then started, started attracting the people who are that way. And it just so happened that I established a mindset that hippies would connect with because, you know, it's a similar idea, you know, universal love, right. you know, namaste kind of stuff, yoga, all these things. Yeah, yeah. And I just found myself in this place by following my own heart, by following my own expression, which led me to this community. So it's just, it just, I just got placed here, man. Like, you know, the universe took over and I was like, all right, you, you do you and I'll just be here for the ride. And it's been amazing. So, so th- this is where, and, um, you had told me before we started recording, but you're from Russia. Yes. So like, I think I've read, fuck, what did I read? Um, and I might not say his name, right? Dostoevsky crime. Dostoevsky. And- okay. Say it one more time for me. Dostoevsky. So crime and punishment. Mm-hmm. Though I don't, I, I read it. I think I was trying to impress someone or just have it on my coffee table in case someone came over and I could like say a couple fucking things and I knew they wouldn't know what <laughs> it was like in it. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But I read that and I read the fool, but the fool was like fucking a thousand pages. And I like on a train ride, I made it through like 120, mm-hmm. like never finished it. But mm-hmm. my experience with Russian short stories, especially like they're fucking morbid. They're cryptic. Mm-hmm. Like we don't trust. We don't love. Everyone is out to fuck us and the government knows all. Mm-hmm. And here you are as that guy embracing fucking hippieism. Like mm-hmm. that's a weird contradiction to me, not in a judgmental way, but in what? like a, how did you get there way? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, tell I, me a little I bit about agree that, man. With, with what you're saying, with the perception as well of, of like the Russian individual um because i remember being that person too and especially in russia you do feel that weight and maybe that's why so much alcoholism runs in russian russian individuals like how do you escape right but on your fucking drink in your mind in your living room right like how do you get away from that pressure that that yeah man that they're they could fucking knock on my door at any time like that shit seemed Mm -hmm. real I agree. And at least personally, again, it's it's all about the expression, right? You can either live in fear or you can live in, in, in courage, right? Which courage, courage is just action despite a fear. You still feel the fear, but you say, I'm still going to do it. And for me, I still lived in that you know previous way you described for a long time, even after we moved to America. But I got to a point here when I said, all right, I, I have this understanding that I, I have been living in fear. I have been living and not up to my fullest potential. How do I change that? And I was like, all right, well, I have to seek this feeling of fear and understand that that is where I should be going, not what I should be going away from. That's Mm. where I should be going towards. So slowly I was like, okay, what am I afraid of? And, you know, for the longest time, the most recent one for the longest time is, you know, I've been afraid of people seeing me dance. You know, I remember I was like, (laughs) well, I like how you said. I've been afraid and I'm not laughing at your dancing because I've never seen it. But like just the fact that you were like, I've been afraid of people seeing me dance. Yo. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's it's such an intimate experience. And I remember when I was like 12 dancing from the mirror and and like if I hear something moving, I was like, oh, stop and run away. You know, it's like no one shall ever see me dance. I don't know why that was a thing. Well, like do you you think it's part of the masculinity, femininity, um, metrosexualism that we were talking about where like you're, you're, you're like gay if you dance, right? Like, oh my God, if you're into arts, 
what, what's wrong with you? Right. Oh, and so like, true. So true. And, and I almost wonder like the generation below us, like the current, like 10 year olds, I'm almost positive. They don't feel that way. Oh no, they don't. You've been on TikTok. TikTok is the greatest place on Dude, earth and they're dancing and they're expressing and they're I, I singing. Believe, it's I so believe beautiful. that's the world to let the Japanese steal everything they want or the Chinese to steal everything they want from you. So I'm not a TikTok guy. Yeah, they, they can do, they can steal a lot of things. Like that, that's their, <laughs> that's their app and they're stealing a lot of things. Right. But if you forget about that for a moment, I'm not saying you should join. Just, just get in the just, moment, right? Stay in the moment, Sean. Stay in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pure expression of the, of the people that are getting on there. I think like yeah. emotionally speaking, they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're it's avoiding all, all of these joy, pitfalls dude. and they're it's able to joy. express themselves on a world scale 100%. that will then hopefully later will account to uh, better mental health. So yeah, maybe 100%. the Chinese will steal so many things because of it, but we're going to have a stronger people for it. We're going to be happier as mine. they're stealing. Yeah, we will us. be happier. Yeah. No, but so I, I didn't mean to cut you off, man, but I just like, it's, it, okay. it's interesting when like people have these feelings and then they get labeled as like a stigma towards them. Like if you like mm-hmm. dancing, you're gay and we don't like homosexuals in mm-hmm. this house. And you're like, so shit, if I like dancing, I'm gay. And it's like, nah, mm-hmm. man, maybe you just got some fucking flow, right? Like maybe you just got that mm-hmm. spirit in you, dude, where you like to vibe, right? Like, hey, yeah. Okay. So and, keep and going, that's where man. I I'm found sorry. myself. Yeah. That's where I found myself too. Like that, that's been the most recent one. I realized like, oh shit, dancing is the greatest thing. And I haven't explored that yet. I need to do it. So that was the most recent like <laughs> fear that I've, 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 I've ran towards and I'm a fucking fly dancer. Let me tell you what, like, I, I don't know how, but you know, once you're, if once you're in the flow, like art is art. So if you can do yeah. one piece of art, well, you can do all the arts. Well, as long as you can, you know, again, just get into that mind state of, all right, put yourself out of here and then let the universe flow through you. And then just not, not care about the judgments or what will the people yeah. think because that's dude, a, the easiest way for you to get stumbled dude but the what judgment do they think of me the judgment that will fucking kill you killer. not, not yeah, even in sports case, so. or not even in arts but also in sports man like just fucking oh, okay. in any almost like any bodily would it be bodily activity but it, it's un, yeah. it's super interesting that people are so fearful of judgment especially from people that don't mm-hmm. mean shit to you oh yeah like have no impact in your life what, I, what are I, they gonna think no doubt. And it's like, why the fuck do I care? And you almost have to have this like five minute talk with yourself to like get yourself off that like social anxiety ledge of how about mm. I just be me and I'm fucking happy with me. And why do I want to not be me and let these people influence me to not be me and then make me an unhappy me? That, that's that's exactly it. That's a hundred percent. And I oh, have shit, the I got all those like, news, all right, right? I can either conf- <laughs> I can either conform to these people, right? And then I'm not me, and these people like a person that isn't me, or I can be me and lose these people and uh, still be me, not right? have people that don't like me, and then eventually find people who are like me to be my friends. And then I'm me with people who are like me who are my friends. And, and then they'd never make me feel shamed or, or less than for being myself. And, then and that's where I've gotten myself to. It's been amazing. Like you, you're an individual on that level. It's like, you see me, you're like, Hey, awesome. Let's talk about all these crazy things. And I'm like, awesome. I love you. And it's like, this is, this is just where we at. Like, this is the beauty that you can achieve. So, and I think, and I didn't take notes. I've actually battled. People have told me, um, like while you're on podcast, like take notes to try to do the topical thing. But I feel like that fucks up again. Like the, what you were saying, like yeah. be in the moment, like it just, mm-hmm. you try and you're trying to at like whatever, like save like five minutes on editing and re-listening where it's like, dude, just fucking talk. Um, but people mm-hmm. have said, no, if you're professional, you're taking notes and you understand like, fuck that. Anyway, what, <laughs> what, I guess what I'm going for is like, 
I can't remember when you were talking about the drive back to your mom. I think it might have been like a half uh-huh. hour ago. But yeah, who cares? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? But I guess what I'm getting at is when you're talking about this be me and at the same time you've invested 4 years in college and you're on a drive to your parents to admit and you come to this realization does like fear hit you that like shit my mom's not going to accept me I'm going to be a failure to my stepsister hmm. or are you just confident as hell that they're just going to embrace it and roll so maybe maybe I'm spoiled in that way but I think my mother <laughs> supports me in any choice that I make oh, dude, so when I was thing. driving there and I had that Fucking realization beautiful. I thought I didn't think I didn't even think twice about like oh is she gonna accept me I was just like like you said it's just I came in there hey this is where I decided and this is what's gonna happen what's your what's and your mom's name or what's her last name I should say who your mom your mom her name yeah well I I didn't want to call her by her first name I like I was raised oh. like in the like oh. Mrs or Miss oh well just her name is Lena that's what she goes Lena. by is Lena Lena like, you, you can't you can't say the last name I honestly like that's why I go by Psyche because the last name is God is... yeah and I fucked up Dostoevsky so I'm not gonna say her stuff but Miss Lena <laughs> if you are listening way to raise your fucking son right the fact that you feel that way and that oh. she raised you to feel that way your mom should feel so fucking proud of the fact that she instilled that in you man like oh that's that that's like some serious parenting like i would hope my daughter would feel that way be honest with you i worry that she wouldn't you know i i agree and i mean she is a gem of a human honestly she's a beautiful individual and she continues to grow too you know there's so many people that are just get stagnant especially in their older years you know i'm an old dog can't teach new tricks and she continues to push herself she continues to learn and educate herself and the same thing just kind of give back to society is like how can i help everybody else as well she is one of the most angelic human beings on this planet and i am lucky to be her son like i wouldn't be me if i wasn't for her but yeah. Praise, cl- praise her. No, dude, clearly. I mean, like, honestly, I don't think that's normal. Like if, if I had to say average and I'm not calling you abnormal, mm-hmm. like in that negative way, mm-hmm. but if you took the typical mother who has a child that's pre-med going to be a doctor comes home and mm-hmm. says, I'm going to get into some hippie ass psychedelic trippy art and see what happens, mom. And she's like, cool. What's your first drawing? Like that shit can happen, but to maybe five, ten percent of the population that goes through that. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. And maybe if it happened that way, maybe there would have been some some um, a firewall block up or something like that. But you know, I came in and says, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do the doctor thing. I realized family was the important part, and I decided to just kind of focus all of my time attention on her and her business to kind of alleviate her pains of you know running a business on her own right. so maybe that made it easier for her oh uh, yeah right and then that's me me learning how to how to how to work how to work with customers how to you know run a cnc router how to program all these things led to a a kind of sideways um, route to me expressing myself, you know, mm. cause I understood how to you know, make drawings basically on a, on a CNC router now. So I was etching something on a, on, on a piece of granite and then it was like, I don't know, it was a picture maybe of a football or something, you know, I was trying to sell some Seahawks stuff. Don't sell me please. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you it, when it stopped, that's when I got the realization, oh my gosh, I can make things like these hands aren't just for writing notes by the professor. I can create something <laughs> with these hands right. that didn't exist. And that's, when oh my gosh and it just came flowing it just the, the dam broke and boom yeah it just took some time it took some time 
Yeah, it and man, like I, I don't think I've referenced so many movies or TV shows as I have with you. And I don't know why that is. Maybe I don't know, but it reminded me of um Tom Hanks on Castaway, where his fucking mm-hmm. excitement and creating fire. And he just goes mm-hmm. off and like, I made fire. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about people have this innate sense mm-hmm. to create. And like we don't Mm -hmm. need to create fire. Like we have fucking lighters, like we have stoves. There's all these means to do it. And you don't feel like you're doing anything. If you make a bonfire, like you, there's not a huge Mm -hmm. sense of satisfaction. And I created that, like we're going to survive because of that. But going to art and being like, yo, I made something that's kind of fucking dope. Like, is Mm -hmm. that human humanity's new, holy shit. I invented the wheel. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I fucking figured something out, man. And I wonder if that's part of why people get such satisfaction in doing it. Well, I, I think it's I, I honestly I think it's the same thing that you just said. You know, I created fire, right? You're not you're not creating something new. And this is picking back on the, the previous question way back when. It's like how do I feel about creating something? But it's like you're not creating anything new. You're aligning yourself with the way you, the universe works. Right. And then when you're connecting with the universe, that's where like for me, that's where the spiritual connection came. And I was like, holy shit, I'm not just this individual. I'm a part of this greatness, this this bigger thing. And at that point, you know, I was still atheist. I didn't believe like dude. The, the I was about God to say that Jesus. I was you dude, know? literally about to be like, so you're fucking Russian and getting spiritual. Like again, what a fucking contradiction, right? Because that's. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like prevalent in the culture over there? Like, fuck God, there is no God type shit. There's government, uh, so, not God. Or am I uh, wrong about that? So mo- most of the Russian, most of the Russians are, are, so the most of the Russians are, are Orthodox Christian. So I mean, oh, I, I know that because there's mosques and you know, and then you go to Moscow and you know they have the gold chapels and stuff. So there is God in in Russia, and it's like you know, the, most of it is Orthodox Christian. Uh, to take it deeper, I don't know. I don't know how they are. Our family was never that way. Gotcha. We just we just were. Never went to church, never did anything like that. Just like, you know, do your best. But, you know, as I developed a scientific mind, I was like, okay, God, first of all, I thought art was a complete waste of time. That music was just background noise. I thought oh. all these means of expressions were like, like you said, like pansies and sissies. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Go do something mean. Go get some push-ups, bitch. You know? And yeah, God Get on the pull-up like, bar. Yeah, go do some push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> How about you worry about your fucking uh, pecs and, and not the color coordination of your outfit? Like that. But the funny thing is also like the visual appearances for Russians is very important as well because that's how you get the ladies, you know? So you have oh. these people thinking, oh, fuck all this stuff. But then let me look fly and sexy and, gotcha. you know, like get the girls. And it's – I don't know. At least that that was my experience. That's what I saw in, in society where I grew up in as well. Yeah. Even when coming back to see the same thing. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I thought God was, was made up. I didn't, there's no reason for it. I thought it was just a whole bunch of, um, it was a sales, it was sales tactics. You right. need God to, to be a good person. I was like, the fuck you do? Just have morals. Yeah. To keep you in and, check, right? Like it's a government thing to keep you in check or we allow it so yeah. that people act right. And that we don't have to fucking deal with as much crime, right? Like guilt will keep 50% of the people from hurting each other, stealing, right? Yes. And honestly, like I, I am a hundred percent, like I'm behind that now after being a teacher, I was like, Ooh, some people are not 
like the, the like freedom in general is not for everybody. Like freedom is, and especially right now, we don't have freedom. Like in this country, we don't have freedom. It's a word that gets used that, that we have freedom, but we don't. Like freedom is something you have to take and attain and yeah. fight for every single day. Yeah, that's fucking and true. It, it's it's better to tell people you're free, so then they don't question it and they just live right in within their, their rules, in their bubble. Yeah, in their fucking without... cage, right? Like you're you're everyone's in a cage. Everyone has limits of their freedom, for sure. Exactly, exactly, and that's that's a good thing because there's a lot of people who would do a lot of bad, fucking... a lot of hurt to other people <laughs> if they were allowed total freedom. Dude. Like I've done this in a, in an elementary school where I was like, all right, I'm different. I oh, believe in Jesus, just, no. you know, I believe in total freedom. You were not that initially. guy. You were not that guy. That was the fucking yeah, cool. It, no rules guy. Yeah. So yeah, I came in <laughs> to my like beginning teaching. I was like, you, I, I trust you guys or whatever I did. And oh, I Jesus. regretted it in, t- in 10 minutes because those kids started running around, started hurting each other, started jumping. I was like, holy shit. If they have freedom, like total actual freedom, they would hurt themselves, hurt, the, hurt other people. They would just destroy anything and everything that's here that's been built. It's like, that is not the approach. Did you Let's never read back. Lord of the Flies? Personally, uh, maybe I did in middle school, in high school. I don't know. I read. Oh, dude, I don't you don't, know. So like, I don't British, remember things. British, yeah, right. That's true. I apologize. So again, like, it's so okay. maybe, maybe that's why you're here on this moment to help me, or I'm sorry, for me to help you jog your memory mm-hmm. of everything you've forgotten. Perhaps that's why we're speaking right now, because <laughs> I've brought up like more fucking like pop culture analogies with you than I feel like I ever have in my life. But Lord of the Fly, <laughs> like Lord of the Flies, like kids are on a British plane, it crashes on an island and then they're self-sustaining. And these kids mm-hmm. are trying to form their own government. They have this conch shell and like they come up with the rule, like if you blow the conch shell, everyone stops and we respect the conch shell. Whoever has the conch shell speaks and there's this like fat overweight kid piggy and he has glasses and he's able to start the fire. And it's like this whole debate of like, why don't we just fucking like beat that bitch up, take his glasses so that we have the power of fire. Like the only reason we're fucking tolerating this useless bitch with asthma is because he has glasses on his face. Right. And it like comes to that head. Um, I don't remember the timeline, but in an elementary classroom, like that shit is sped up, dude. Like it don't take fucking long to get Lord of the flies where like people are just dominating other people. It's humanistic at its core. I can't believe you went that route. How did you never read this book? Like, that's what you did in an elementary uh-huh. class. Like, you went full fucking Lord of the Flies, dude, and just yeah. let these kids go. I can't believe that. Yeah. I mean, okay, so so I had no training because I was a substitute. <laughs> I had no training. They're like, hey, just go and teach. I was like, what do you mean? You're just going to let me in here and teach? I, I, I've never done this before. And like, they kind of ease me into it. And I was, and then, you know, again, with, with my understandings at that point, I didn't want to control anybody. I wanted, I didn't have expectations of anybody. I, uh, this was, this was not the right approach for students. But again, like, this is what I do in my personal life. You know, you do you, I I don't expect anything out of you. And that that creates freedom from, you know, just, just from, from anything. It just, it's amazing. So I try to implement that in the kids and yeah, there, it didn't work out because their non-expectation is, Oh, let's just do a bunch of stupid things. It's like, no, don't do stupid things. And then once you've lost control, dude, you've lost control for the whole day. And it's just painful, bro. It's painful. So I had to re regain a different approach and you know, it, 
structure the classroom in such a way that they think they have freedom of choice, but oh, the, by the end of the day, they are doing what I want them to do. Dude, that's and a thing, right? honestly, like that is the, society. Dude, the illusion of choice. Yeah. And that is society. Like I have, I had the understanding from teaching that most of society is just a whole bunch of middle school kids running around trying to pass along their pain to the next person, Mm. you know? And I was like, Oh, this, this sucks. No wonder our government's the way it is. Like, I'm cool with it. Like it's cool. I want, we could do definitely do better. Like as, as individuals that can, that have gotten their own freedom, their sovereignty, we could definitely do better for, for the rest of the humans. But at the same, at the same time, I can appreciate the government that we have because they're doing the least amount of damage right now. And you know, way to go y'all up there. (laughs) Dude, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, man, reading, and I have no idea. Um, some people get into like, uh, sources. And uh, again, this quartet book I'm reading is by Joseph Ellis. And I have no idea if he's like, wherever the fuck he lays, like whatever, conservative, liberal, like, however he's wording things. I just know the dude's vocabulary is about 12 levels above mine. (laughs) But the thought that went into pre and pre car, like, like, it was like, if you lived in Georgia, it took you fucking four days to get to DC to like, speak to somebody. And by the time you got back, you had no idea what the fuck was going on with whatever your initial question was. Cause the circumstances changed and this, like th- this, um, value of your tribalism and just holding on to your localness was mm-hmm. so hard to fight because the centralized government was seen as your English, you're British, you're a fucking, uh, a pond away. You're the whole fucking ocean away. Why are you controlling us? And I didn't realize, but like, that's how the colonies actually saw like Virginia, Washington, DC. They were like, you're so fucking far away. How do you know about us? Like, why Mm -hmm. do you give a shit about South Carolina? We don't trust you. You're not one of us. And the fact that maybe less than 300 years later, we let Donald Trump get up there and just fucking Mm -hmm. run shit. And we're like, all right, yeah, man, he's the president. We all buy in, right? Like, like, like Fauci, cool, man. Hey, you're a fucking doctor and we're all going to listen to you. Like over 50 fucking states and providences. Like you're like, dude, we're not talking about 13 places and fucking ravens and horses. We're talking about Mm -hmm. 50 states. The geographical area is insane. And we Mm -hmm. all accept this centralized rule. And it really makes you wonder, do people just want to be controlled and have this fake sense of like, security like is that what we actually ultimately want is that why we get married (laughs) you know yeah i think so it's comfort most people look for comfort they don't want to challenge anything they want a comfortable life where they can they know what's going to happen because it's easier that way you know and i I, also you say getting married i think that's the same reason as well because if you want to meet that's why it's well um what's it called the divorce rate is also so high. Right. People find somebody, they're like, oh, they'll be with me. And it doesn't matter if they're compatible or not. They're just like, oh, I just don't want to be alone. You know, the comfort level, instead of like being alone for a long time, understanding who you are, what you yeah. actually want. That's a long journey, man. Dude, that's a lot of work. Relational. And then to find somebody that's compatible with that individual rather than just like, oh, let's just, let's try this one out. No doubt. Like, ah. Dude, it's almost like relational fasting. Maybe we should also do that. So look, when we get everybody to our (laughs) island, we're going to do a relational fasting so that you can discover yourself um, and you will appreciate relationships more. Just like after fasting, I'm sure you appreciate a meal more. 
it's it's true and uh, to piggyback what you said like i've been celibate for over six years seven years now same thing wait it's shut same the fuck up dude yeah yeah no stop. I, uh, yeah stop 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 you went full moon on me and i accepted that <laughs> I, I believe that as truth you're not gonna come here and talk about i've been celibate for seven years as a six foot fit former rush I should ask, like, do you identify Russian or American or do you not think um, that way? So I do remember, um, maybe like six years ago, one of the final labels that I, that I took off was that the label of Russian. Uh, gotcha. now I'm just an individual. I'm gotcha. just a man. Right. Well, maybe so, I'm, I'm not even gonna say I'm a man. I'm just, I just am, you know, I am gotcha. what I am. So do you have hair? Or I have are you hair. bald? Yeah. So, dude, I'm calling bullshit. So, you're fucking what? You're 30 um, something? Are you 30? I, I'm 28 years old, and, and I'm you know I, I'm not to toot my own horn. I'm a sexy man. Dude, like yeah. these aren't my words. These I, are not I bet, my words, motherfucker. So you're running around and you're saying I'm a six foot slender hair having man that's been just, celibate for six years. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The ladies hate it. The ladies hate it. Wow. I, I even had I even had like a lion mane too, like like Fabio. Shut the fuck up, dude. Hair. I look like Fabio for a good five years. Dude, you're yanking your hair. And and then I shaved it for just, you know, like like February. No, I'll send you a picture. (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. Um, what is with this uh say that last thing again? What is with this (laughs) what's the uh what's with the celibacy choice? Uh so in my in my youth, in my you know oh. eighteen, when I became became sexually active, you know I I did what any other man would do. I was like, oh hey, you're pretty, let's go do this. And you know I did that for a while, and I enjoyed myself thoroughly. I, I really sex is the best. I mean, I don't think I have to convince anybody if that sex is amazing. Um, but I had my first relationship, and that that was interesting. It was four years of a lot of interesting things happening. She cheated on me. I was manipulating her. We were codependent. She got into heroin. I tried to save her. Whoa. Realized I couldn't. It just a whole bunch of things happened. So that one was behind me. Second girlfriend. Oh, most of the women I slept with also they had like husbands or boyfriends, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you want to like get with me before, during, or after? What do you mean? So like y'all were hooking up, you took a break, she found a husband or she had a oh, husband, no. you found her on fucking Tinder and she was just okay. looking for like some... Well, Tinder wasn't a thing. This is all face to face. First girlfriend, I oh. meet her at a hot tub. She has a boyfriend and a husband. I was like, I need to get some of this. Why? I don't know. <laughs> and then we dated for about four years. Uh, no wonder she cheated on me. Boyfriend and... Wait, so... Uh, all right. I, I gotta... This is so out of my cultural norm that... um beyond interested um okay you met at like and maybe you're just the world's best tale teller you okay. met you met a fucking girl like are there like spas hot tubs you're at a fucking hotel and it's just like <laughs> hey shit she's alone right like she, she was not even alone 24 hour fitness hanging out working out 18 years old just got off of school or college or whatever and just sitting in the sauna and it's a it's a it's a uh, co-ed sauna and she's sitting there with her dad and they're like messing around or something and i think maybe that's her boyfriend or something because you know they're like close and wow. i don't know she she like she like says something and i interject and then we just started conversating and she's looking fine 
Like she's she's got a nice body. She's also eighteen. I mean, you know, we're looking good. Jump in the hot tub. We talk. Blah blah blah. She's into video games. I love video games. And then you know, we talk. And then she leaves for a moment. And then her dad's like, "Hey, she's got a boyfriend. Leave her alone." I was like, oh, shit. "Whatever. I'm just talking to her." And and then you know, eventually, and then he comes up and he's like, "All right, fine. If you're gonna do anything, just wait until she breaks up with her boyfriend." And she's wait, also married, but they're the trying to get like a divorce. Shut the fuck up, dude. You're you're. Yeah. She's eighteen and she's married. Yeah, she she got married at like sixteen. Like that's the kind of person that she was. And Holy they're trying to get a divorce, shit. but it, she just wasn't going through with it, or they weren't going through with it, or whatever. So she wasn't necessarily together with the husband, but she was married and she had a boyfriend at that time. You've and then I was really like, done a good job rationalizing this, by the way. Like it's totally oh, yeah. acceptable. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I lived with that for four years. I had to rationalize this every time, every day. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. And so, I mean, eventually we got together. We we had sex on my birthday, which was really nice. It was on a it was on a on a uh, bean beanbag beanbag chair. Oh. It was very lovely. Didn't go and waterbed. She, Good choice. Beanbags acceptable. Yeah. It was really nice. Never done it before on a beanbag. She was really nice and kind, and she bit me, and and I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> so. Moving on to, to – after all that thing happened, I was second girlfriend. Also, I had a boyfriend of like five years, and here, here, here's me. Our initial interaction was a, was, was a threesome with me and my friend, which I convinced her into. And um, my friend ended up touching my penis, and I was like, uh, that's not okay. We didn't agree to this. Get out. I'm, I'm, I'm really like skipping – like th- that, that was like a 10-minute story on its own. It's hilarious. But I'm just kind of running through it. And so, and then, so I ended up dating her. <laughs> Wait, dude, I got to stop you, man. So okay. you and your boy are, and I honestly have like, I have no idea what the bounds are of, like I mark these podcasts explicit and I had <laughs> one girl say she was celibate until she was 24 and then she had a child out of wedlock. And I was like, did you at least get to like enjoy a couple years of getting it in? Or was it like that first like time, man? Like that seems kind of like if the universe is fucking with you, if you waited 24 years and like first time you have a kid. Right. Uh Um, but so you and your boy are scheming on this girl and what's the conversation between two 20 year olds (laughs) determining rules for bed. You're like, yo, if I'm at one end, you got to be at the other. Like, motherfucker, let's make sure our hands don't cross the equator. Like, I'm North America, <laughs> you're South America. How does this shit work? Like, yo, I'm going to take five, go to the bathroom, you enjoy yourself. Then when I get back, I'm going to tap you out like tag team style. I'm so, and I don't know if I should be, but I'm so wondering what the pre like the pre-party conversation was like, dude. So- there, there wasn't one, so maybe Shut that's probably why up. things happened the way it happened. Dude, yeah, See, you can't be mad at him then for breaking rules if you ain't got no pre-party conversation. I, I right now I agree with you 100. percent I agree with you 100. <laughs> percent I should have been like, hey, don't touch my penis, and that's fair enough Just to say. But smack, he doesn't right? know, and we're all three having sex. I mean, that's that's a normal thing to do. But at that time, I was also very you know masculine. I was like, how dare you touch my penis? That's gay. Get the fuck out. While trying you know. to be a dancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If if like he's still my one of my best friends, so it's like. It doesn't matter. We're, we're still cool. We just have a fun story together. Yeah. Hey, but, shout out, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just, it was such an interesting interaction. Like I, 
we, we, we met, we met two women, um, you know, just at a bar and you know, they're good looking women. And they thought we were like 30. I was like, okay, whatever. We're like 20 something. They're like, eh. and they both have boyfriends and we're like, we don't give a shit. We're just having fun at the bar so, or not at the bar. It's a girl's night the, out at the bar, at the Shut bar. Yeah. They're hanging out. We're, we're hanging out. We're singing karaoke. They're singing karaoke. And then I come up to them. I was like, Hey, what's up ladies? Blah, 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 whatever. I don't know what I say anymore. <laughs> and, and they're just like, you know, they just kind of, Tag along, play some games, then bar closes, we go to Sherry's, then we drive them home, and they're like, and oh, while we're at Sherry's, they're, they're like, you know, we do have boyfriends, but, you know, sucking ain't fucking, and we're like, yeah, sucking ain't fucking, yeah, you're Holy right. Holy shit. <laughs> and, Jesus. So wait, how have you put that into your clothing line? Like, do you sneak that slogan in, in certain spots <laughs> on, like, on your fanny pack? <laughs> You know what? Now that you say that, I might just kind of create a symbol around that that word, that right? phrase, and yeah. I will make it into a shirt or can, something. Can you please send me the first one, dude? I'm I'm dead serious. Like I want a sucking ain't fucking on some weird ass subliminal creative. Like oh. you, you give me like a headband, a fucking belt. I'll take a fanny pack and I'll just wear that shit up front, right? And no. it's just like <laughs> that's what it is. Bro, I will do that. I'm, I will do that. I got right. time. Let's I'm see creative. if it flows. If it flows, man, I'd appreciate it. Jesus. Heck yeah. Heck she, yeah. She hits you with the sucking <laughs> and fucking. Jesus. Yeah. And then, so basically, like that night went off, and then she called me a week later because I was, and I don't know why. I mean, she called me, so I thought. We all know why. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But she called me a week later, and I was like, oh, cool. I don't know if she's interested in me or my friend. So, like, I'll just call my friend over too. I, I, you know, obviously she called me, not him, but it doesn't matter. So he, she comes up, the two of us are there and, uh, we're, we're drinking and she's like, you know, you're being very timid right now. And I was like, oh. timid. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm respecting your boundaries cause you have a boyfriend. But since you're saying you're timid, I just grab her by the back of the head to start making out with her. And she's like, Ooh. And I was like, no, go kiss my friend. And she's like, the what? Fuck up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what? Won't you be jealous? I was like, why would I be jealous? So she goes over there and makes out with my friend. And I was like, well, I think this threesome is happening. I don't know why I wanted it. I don't even know if I wanted it, but it was happening. So I, I, we came back. I, I had a lot to drink. I'm, I, have, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drank in like you know eight years. I've been clean and sober. Like, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I had a lot to drink that time. Some AMFs, some whiskey, all that stuff. So we get upstairs, and and then my friend is downstairs taking a pee, and then it's me, her, and I upstairs. And she's like, you know, I don't know if I want him around. Maybe maybe just want you and me. I was like, okay, if you just want want me, you and me, I'm gonna go kick him out. And she's and then I start walking, and she's like, wait, no, I don't want to, I don't want him to feel bad. He's like, oh. you don't want him to feel bad. We're gonna have a threesome. So he comes back up, and she's like, you got condoms? I was like, I have one condom. Here you go. And I throw it at my friend. Jesus, tell me. I raw dog share. all the time. I did it that, all the time oh my God. back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> me. And then so he's putting it on, and I can't get it up because I'm like whiskey dick over here. And <laughs> I was, and then she's like touching me, and she's like, come on, Andre, come on. And I was like, hold on, let me pee. I was like, <laughs> my my friend, take care of this. I'm like, you do what you do. I'm going to be back. So you so tag teamed. Time. So I was like, one of my theories was correct. It was a tag team initially. Y- yes. Okay. So I, right. And I did want to do an Eiffel Tower. Like, that was like, I don't know, that was a dream. <laughs> so I went downstairs. I went to go pee. They're doing stuff upstairs i come back and then she's like oh 
Andre. And then she pushes him up and she takes me and she throws me onto bed and she like climbs on top of me and just starts like grinding and touching and all these things. And I was like, oh yeah. And she's like, I'm going to get you hard. I was like, okay, okay. You do you baby. And, and she started just like touching me all over. And, and then I feel, yo, a nice, yo, nice grab on my penis. I was like, oh, what's that? And then I noticed that her hands are on my, like by my head. And I was like, wait a second. You're not the one grabbing my penis. And I threw one her off plus and one I plus kicked one. him off. And I was like, what are you doing? Get the fuck out. So I made him walk home at like four in the morning. Oh, dude. <laughs> what fucking dude. That's dirty. Jesus. I lost all respect for you. Man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you kicked your butt. Now, have you asked him, was it intentional or was it um, mistaken? So, so. Or was your hair I mean, just that great? And he was just like, man, I'm sorry, dude. Those locks were flowing. I couldn't fucking resist. <laughs> At that time, didn't have locks, but you know he did do it out of love. Because right before he grabbed my penis, he said, "I got you, bro," and he started wanking me. So I mean, and it's that like you know, it is what it is. He wanted to, he wanted to get me, and I appreciate him now. Like I love him so much for for doing that. But the uh, the Andre at that time, the Andre of two thousand whatever year it was, didn't, was not receptive to that kind of love, Jesus. and he kicked him out. <sighs> Dude, all that's going on in my head right now is like Nate Dogs. It ain't no fun if the homies can't have no. It ain't. Fun. He got a little bit of fun, you know. <laughs> I Jesus and then Christ, so dude, in the morning, you may game, have morning gotten game. me. By the way, when I post this, you may be the one that gets me kicked off of every fucking podcast platform. Like I'm oh. just, I'm really wondering. Like, is there an extra warning? Like you put up with the description of this kind of shit, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ! That's too funny. I'm just that's, wondering. Well, that's it. Hey, that's okay. If if they kick you off, we'll start a new one. Let's we'll find out. New right? One, yeah, right on the <laughs> island. Like in a fucking month and a half, we'll have this shit back up. We'll be fine. Cool. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Dude, so he walks. Yeah, we'll home. start it on. Our, we'll we'll do it on our little island too. We'll we'll do our experiment and start a new podcast. That's what I'm saying, right? Island. Yeah, we'll just interview all the suckers who came on to be our fucking petri dish people. So, like, dude, your boy walks home. Like, what's the next conversation like? Like, you're like, so, bro, you touch my dick, I'm gonna fuck you up, and you like, what, no, punch him in the no. face. You're like, you caress his cheeks, and you're like, hey, man, I just want you to know I love you, but just not in that way. Um, like, what is, what is that conversation like? So, okay, so so he leaves, and then I, I told her I was like, you're gonna have to make up for, for for that moment. So she fucks me until like noon the next day. And then I drive her home. She gives me 20 bucks for the ride. And I was like, oh, perfect, perfect. 20 bucks to tip. take out my friend from breakfast. So I called him up and I, was, I picked him up. We went out for breakfast and we just had a chat. I was like, hey, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Whatever happened, happened. I hope you're feeling fine. Uh, if you want to, if you if you want to tell the story, we can tell the story. If you want to keep the story a secret, we can keep it between us. Like, it's up to you. You're the one to touch my penis. He's like, you know, I, I thought it was a funny moment. I don't give a shit. I was like, all right. So funny story came out. Uh, i have no idea i thought i was treading lightly like i said with the girl who um told her so i had um the pod i posted today um, Mm -hmm. julio from west virginia is um a homosexual hispanic and he Mm -hmm. was brought out because his mother on his samsung phone found like old man porn and was like, mm-hmm. what are you, fucking gay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fucking gay. I like men. <laughs> and like my man Julio at the fucking whatever, like 80 minute mark, just 
flat out spoke about how he was outed. And, you know, like it wasn't his choice or whatever. So you put that shit up. But like, mm-hmm. man, do you need like a discretion? I got to go back and do some fucking math, man. Like at the like two hour, 10 minute mark. Um, <laughs> don't let your kids Google Eiffel Tower and threesome in the same <laughs> In the same search bar. Um, and, and please always know to tip your man whore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you fucking go from that? We we did Eiffel Tower, though. I tell you Dude, that. That so was a success. Wait, so we did how do you Tower. go from shit like that to celibacy? Uh, so, okay, yeah. So back yeah, on the story. There we go. Yeah, let's get back on track to the positive, moralistic approach that we like to have on the Getting to Know yes, You podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> which again, you know, I had my fun. I knew what was out there, but every time it led to heartache. Every time it did not lead to the love that I was searching for. Because ah. at the end of the day, you know, I was just searching for love. I wanted to have somebody to love me, to love, and to to, to have it you know, be reciprocated. Yeah. So the first one didn't do it because I was broken. We were both broken. Second time also, you know, I was searching for women who were taken. Obviously, my heart was getting broken. You thought, regardless wait, of what my so intentions were. You were actually searching for them or you thought that's just what happened to be that you were finding? That's just what I was finding, you know, gotcha. and whatever flowed, flowed. So gotcha, not, gotcha. not to say that they didn't give me a beautiful gift. You yeah, know, moments. the first one gave me experience for, for a millennia. The second girlfriend, she gave me understanding of gratitude. Like I, I didn't understand that at all. She kept thanking me for things. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you thanking me for things? And I was like, I'm just being grateful for you. I was like, what the fuck? Stop right. it. And then I came <laughs> around and now I'm grateful for everything. And right. then third one came around and she she was the most amazing like like i love her so much she we had such a free relationship you know she came out of like running away from a from a wedding like literally ran away from from the altar and then here me here's me just like a new person that's just spiritually evolved now or some shit and we had this relationship with based on no expectations no future no nothing and we were just there together experiencing each other enjoying ourselves physically emotionally spiritually and it was gorgeous and one of the first things I told her was like, hey, you know, if if, when, if you ever want to leave, if you feel like I'm not enough for you or, or if I'm holding you back, like the, the sky is yours. You fly and, and I won't stop you. And like that was a huge growth moment for me because my first relationship, like I, I was the guy who bought the birdcage and stuffed the bird in the birdcage and says, mm, you're mine, you know, so. I felt a lot of growth in that moment. And then once she left, I knew what I was, I knew what I wanted. I knew what kind of relationship I wanted. I knew that sex wasn't just physical. It was more, it was a lot more spiritual and it was a lot more transcendental. And I felt that with her and I was like, all right, so um, since I know what the true fruit of life tastes like, I don't want this scraps that I've been finding beforehand. And, and I did have a fourth girlfriend after that and she gave me so much more like she inspired me to like all of the greatness that I am today and she was only in my life for about two weeks but um after that I was like all right um I'm not gonna waste my time on whatever I was doing then I'm gonna focus on building an individual that is worth receiving a woman that is you know on another level one that I can connect with on a spiritual emotional physical level that that we don't have to deal with each other's baggage because we took care of our baggage an individual that's like you know you can say like a soulmate a a divine flame thing you know so So i just start focusing on myself yeah 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 that was one of the things that um i had not thought of this whole soul group are you like a twin flame soul group kind of a guy that's something that has definitely been um 
that I've connected with, like the, the, the emotion I've found in myself uh, and yeah, finding it in the, in the internet on the world, like the divine flame thing. I connected at a hundred percent, especially going back to entanglement, you know, and the, the quantum, the quantum physics, it's, there's always a particle that is entangled to another particle and we're all just particles. And I believe that there is yeah. another particle that, that is, that is connected to me. That is this, you know, other portion of me in a different body yeah. in a sense. Yeah, so I went there too, but not on your intellectual level. I think I went more simplistic with like matter is neither created nor destroyed. Mm -hmm. So like if there's a finite amount of everything and it never fucking goes away, it it never fucking redoes, it just is, right? So like love, Mm -hmm. so like if a husband that loves his wife dies, that love goes somewhere, right? And then the mm-hmm. wife that loses a husband dies, that love goes somewhere. Like these emotions are things and they go places. And mm-hmm. if you think of it on that basic level, and you, I, I never went to the whole like, dude, chemicals, atoms, protons, neutrons, like everything's fucking mm-hmm. attracted to something. There mm-hmm. are basic chemical, is it reactions? Is that the right word? That just fucking crave other chemicals that need Mm -hmm. other chemicals to survive. They need other Mm -hmm. elements to survive. And after um, talking to Kyleen, I always want to say Kyleen, but it's two E's. Mm -hmm. So Kyleen, I was like, dude, I never thought about that. But that seems very, not it. she called it like woo woo. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. that shit sounds very scientific. Like at an atomical level, shit needs shit man like everything fucking wants to be with something nothing wants to isolate on its own oh yeah i completely agree like even look at the oxygen that we breathe it's o2 it's two oxygen molecules bonded together you know it's it's you always finding that that connection that will bring you to a level of stability yeah and and, and one individual is is a radical particle you know that that's what causes cancer in your body like oxygen by itself that's a radical you'll bounce around trying to connect to something destroying things so yeah you need those two things to combine to to create a stability unless you're noble gas if you're noble gas in chemistry speaking then you're you're stable you're good (laughs) jesus you just went second level on me i was gonna go back to society about like Maybe that's why individuals love that control and that, that mm-hmm. like that a farce of societal control because mm-hmm. they're seeking stability. Like, and, and that is it like homeostasis, right? Like all mm-hmm. organisms seek that atoms, molecules, like you seek stability. You don't want to be, what's the opposite of stability? Like nu- not nuclear. Well, instability. Is okay. Yeah, I guess instability. Stability, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. But like, yeah, yeah, like, like you don't want to fucking be like, man, I'm going to split up, you know, like mm-hmm. you just, you, you don't, you seek stability and it does get down to a molecular level. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And and that's what, that was the realization that I had that kind of put me on this path. And so how does quick, celibacy lead you to stability? So there is a lot of energy expenditure looking for a partner, right? So j- just, if we're talking about sex, because, uh, you know, you, as a man, but as a woman too, you have to put in energy to find a sexual partner. That is a lot of energy. Like I remember I was putting like going to the bars, talking to people, dating apps, all these things. That is a lot of time. I instead went the other way and took that sexual energy, which, you know, if you get into meditation and the chakra system, like the sacral, your sacral, uh, 
uh, what's it called? Chakra. Uh, you know, that's where the help. sexual energy is, is formed, and you can use that in creative means. So, like, if you want to think about it this way, like, all my creative art are just my are just my sexual excretions in very <laughs> colorful form. Mats, you know, poetry, music. That's just my <laughs> sexual energy getting out Jesus, into dude, the now world. All I'm doing is fucking picturing you with a paintbrush excreting onto a canvas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, baby, get out of here. Like, <laughs> Your art has now become so perverted. You know what? I don't want my fanny pack, okay? Because I feel like it's just excretion, and I don't want to strap that on me. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But 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 that's what it was. Like the the uh, the celibacy was just about you know conserving energy, and then again focusing on myself, understanding my worth at that time, not going back to a state of of, of searching and, and trying to find something to fill me, and instead filling myself and finding a love within me. And that was one again, just kind of understanding that that feminine side, and you know leaning into to my anima. You know if, if you follow the the. the uh, Carl Jung thinking we all have an animus and an anima, the masculine and the feminine. So finding that femininity inside of yourself, loving it like you would a partner and embodying that into yourself as you would, you know, an outside partner. And when I did that, that's when all the creativity came. That's when all the art came. That's when all of these just, oh, just confidence shit. came. And yeah, that's why now I like, I feel like a whole being like before I used to feel like a half, I feel like a whole being now. And now I'm looking for a whole being. And honestly, it's harder to find than a simple lay. Unfortunately, so, so help me out, bro. Find you, a whole person for me. Do you know? Because, well, here's what I'm thinking, man. Like, and mm-hmm. has your mind gone here? Like, you seem to be on this, like, wicked, creative, self-realization path. Mm-hmm. And part of that seems almost driven through celibacy. Mm-hmm. Well, when you start getting some ass, you don't fear that you're back to just do some push-ups, stop fucking dancing, Andre? <laughs> like, man the fuck up, get some camo on. Like you don't, you don't worry about, you don't think that'll go away. You don't think you'll lose this part of you that you've discovered. Uh, not even for a moment, honestly, not even for a moment. Wait, I mean, you, I, there, you can't, there is you can't change. have lost that, half of it and then give away half and still maintain a whole. You, you, I don't, I don't see how you would give anything away. Like I understand, oh. like even in the family, maybe you would, you, you'd be place into a role but that's why I'm, I'm trying to find an individual who also has is is a is a female that that has embodied her masculine so we would all we would both be not necessarily 50 50 but ah. whatever situation would would require from both of us we could go there so if it requires gotcha. me dancing i got that if it requires her being a, the, the manager of a or a ceo of a company she got that so it's like it's not it's no longer uh oh here's me and here's you it's like here's us and how can we grow together as as, as people so i'm hoping she'd also be a dancer like i want to dance with people and at the same time like dancing is sex so if both yeah. both people dance and and they put that into romantic style man there's gonna be some nice fun stuff you know there's gonna be some good stuff so now i've come to the realization that i feel like you use this to just kind of flaunt yourself and mm-hmm. you're hoping that i have some sort of followers that you're gonna get like 40 fucking dms from i feel like you <laughs> used me Andre. i gotta be honest i feel I feel like you used me to find your partner and I'm also going to be honest, though I'm not involved in the threesome of you finding your partner. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful that I've been maybe a part of it without actually touching you. 
And I oh. thank you for letting me experience that. That was exciting. <laughs> of course. Uh, any moment, any time, baby, any time. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, though, if, 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 if I can be completely frank, it's like initially the, the whole creative process was instigated to, to get myself to a point where I could see that other individual who's also been working on themselves that then we could find that compatibility, you know, right. it's like if, if you're, if you're down below amongst the crowd, you can't see anybody, but if you jump on the mountain, then you can see the only other person on the mountain. So right. it's like, I, I had to start refining myself. I had to start refining my craft. I have to start like reaching out and, and finding my community and, and helping people so that I could eventually find this one individual who I could be like, Oh, there you fucking are, you yeah, know? Right. So at the end of the day, maybe all of this is for, is a sex drive, you know, sexual drive, well, which dude, if I, I can tack onto this, I think if women stand a higher star standard for themselves, I think what I am would be much more prevalent in the masculine society as well. The, the men, because regard, like if a woman's not going to put out, you either like don't have sex or you have to do what you need to do in order to convince that woman that you're worth your worthy partner. So if, if these women have a higher standard of, of, of desire, men have to reach that higher standard, therefore bettering themselves to a point that maybe we don't have to deal with, you know, the greed or the corruption or anything like that. If a woman wants a, a, like an honest, honorable man, that's what a man has to become in order to reprocreate and oh, move dude, it's society market. forward. Oh, dude, 100%. That's fucking market or demand, market dictating demand. I, I yeah. don't know if that's right, but like – Dude, hundred percent. Like dudes are going to be what women want them to be. Cause especially yeah. now, like me too movement, like women have the power. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, they it, always have, they always will. Yeah. But like they, they haven't always had, right. Like they, they've always had, but they always haven't had because mm -hmm. government never backed the rights of the weaker sex. And I don't think it's like masculine to say like women are weaker. I think that's just like a biological thing. Like, I, I can't run faster and lift more than every woman, but I can run mm -hmm. faster and lift more than the majority of women because whatever my mm -hmm. atomical structure is and my testosterone allows me to do, like, it's just a fact of life. Right. And like for a long time, it was just like, I can fucking beat you up if I need to. Therefore you're subservient. And our government has been like, dude, mm -hmm. that's fucked up. We're people <laughs> like, stop thinking that fucking way, dude, we're, we're equal, you know? So it, it's mm -hmm. once you once you eliminate the physicality as far as being um, part of the equation of supremacy, what's mm -hmm. left? Like, dude, I'm trying to get with you. Like, you have the power. Mm -hmm. Like, you fucking say no, and I don't acknowledge your no, and I'm fucking gone. Like, I'm in jail. Like, my reputation's ruined. Like, I don't want that shit. Like, you have mm -hmm. the power. And you're absolutely right. Like if women set a higher standard for what they wanted to be valued for, guys mm -hmm. would, the market would shift. Like guys would mm -hmm. be what the market demands them to be. Exactly. And yeah. another reason why we're trying to take the power away from women, you know, again, through marketing, because guys don't want to face that. They want to control the women. They want to make sure they're insecure and they don't want them to raise their standards. Because yeah. if they did, they have to change. And oh, do people just fear anything more than change? No. Yeah. They fear change the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. love fear. I, feel, I love change and fear. I love fear and change. Fear and change are the greatest. Well, <laughs> are, are those your two besties? Uh, vulnerability is one of my besties, but fear oh, and change are my oh. second favorites. Gotcha. Man. Man, I was just, I had a thought and then the um, fear and 
change being your besties fucking <laughs> railed it. Like, they, it like, like they, yeah, they did something. I'm trying to think of like a decent, like, um, imagery or pictorial analogy of what it fucking did for me but it's almost like i was go- i was a train going down a railroad and like some kid throws a fucking stone and hits the little lever that makes the train shift tracks and the train's yeah. not aware that it shifted tracks um but it, it's something i don't know like the the male female relationship becoming one oh that's what it was seeking someone mm-hmm. at an early age like I really thought about that. And is that another societal pressure that's been marketed where it's like, mm. if you don't find that person by 20 blank, you're fucked. You're alone. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You can't have kids. You you can't have, you want to be a mother at 35 with a newborn? Everyone's going to make fun of you. Like who's mm-hmm. going to want you? You can't have the right body. You can't. And there's all this shit that makes people merge before they're formed. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, look, actually, you know what? That'd be interesting. When do you think a person is mm-hmm. actually them? Or do you think a no. person is never mm-hmm. them? Oh, don't you cut out on me, Sean. Oh, did you hear me? Don't that? you cut out on me. Wait, you can't hear me anymore. Repeat. No, I, I think you're back. Okay. Now I can. Now I can. All right, man, dude, okay. I felt like I led into that shit really well. Fuck, man. I'm going to try to grab that moment. Maybe I can edit it in GarageBand. Uh, so what I was getting at is society okay. pressures you to get, I, I feel like find a mate pretty early. But what I'm wondering is, yeah, yeah. do you have the belief that people are formed at a certain age, as far as like you are this type of person who seeks this other type of mate that completes you? Or do you think people are actually never formed, which is what leads to these divorces, this seeking more versus being content? Hmm. That is a very good question. Since we're Um, really young guys who don't know shit about life and are out here acting (laughs) like we do. (laughs) So true, right? I know. You're conceptualizing. (laughs) That's so funny. No Um, But definitely, like, definitely the society wants us to, to conform to, to the life that they want us to live. Right. And get married and get a job, stay, stay sane or safe or comforted or whatever, because you know, the, the earlier you do get together, the, the less likely a male, when, when you get together with a female, your testosterone goes down, you seek stability and safety instead of, you know, being radical and try to instill change in the world. Right. Yeah. So governments and power, people in power want people to get together earlier because then it'll be easier to manage right oh, now from that interesting yeah so from that from that same perspective as you're being sold that yeah you're not going to be fully formed so you're going to be fine whatever you have because you're insecure about yourself and you don't know how to do the, the inner work so you're like you come help me and then you kind of hope that this relationship will help both of you grow which it does because if you're willing to listen a woman is the greatest teacher of all time whether she knows it or not she will irritate you at those places where you need attention and then if you can put your attention on those places of those irritants, then you can grow and, or ask yourself like, why is this this way? And then you can grow beyond that. You can fix that or, or mend it or move around it or whatever. A woman will always point out that which you are not, or that which you don't want to be. Now, are you strong enough to, to, to take action with that information? I know I wasn't in the past. So, so that's where that relationship, that sort of connection happens. And I feel like if, if, if you do have two individuals that are connect, um, 
dedicated to growth, then that connection can last a lifetime. It's like, yeah, I, I'm humble enough to, 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 to say I'm wrong when I'm wrong. And I, if I hurt you, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I didn't want to hurt you. If you're open enough to communicate, if you're open enough to love each other and you don't have a connect, if you don't have an attachment to, you know, to being right, oh, you can grow pride, with anybody. Pride. You can grow with anybody. Well, being right and, is pride, right? Like, so then like, so, and I, I cut you off and I didn't let you get to okay. answer because it made me think of another question. So basically what I heard is you don't think people are formed at any point. Would I be correct in saying that's your thought? Uh, I would agree to that because I feel like the moment we're formed, I think that is the moment of enlightenment, like like actual enlightenment. Oh. And I think at that point we are tr we transcend this, this plane in whatever form Got that would you. be. So here's my follow-up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to call you, I like, I, I want a title more so than Andre, like, 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 fuck man. Like not Buddhist, not, not, not like, fuck. If I was, can, if I was you just can use fucking my company more, name, my company name is almighty psyche, the all powerful mind. So if you want to use that, you can't. Nah, that doesn't do enough for it, man. I want like okay. some like, like, like real enlightened wisdom, but mm. it, if I just fucking read more, I'd be better at that. I'm sorry. All right. Here's okay. what, here's what I was getting at. Okay. Fatal flaws mm -hmm. with genders. What do you believe are the male and female fatal flaws where they're just fucking, this is the issue. That's why you can't fucking get along. This is mm -hmm. why you don't find what you're chemically seeking, biologically seeking, like, dude, we're a fucking organism. End of the day, you want to get another organism to reproduce with. And then you have the awareness to say, I want stability, security, like, and, and it all goes from there. Right. But like sex mm -hmm. is sex because organisms reproduce, but mm -hmm. there's something that keeps us from enjoying that, from embracing that, from that being enough. So what do you believe is the fatal flaw for mm -hmm. men and females and whichever gender you speak about first will be the gender you hate more. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to go general here and talk about both the sexes because honestly, the insecurities that we all have are the biggest killer of, of any man or woman. Because ah. if we're not if we're not secure with who we are as an individual, uh, being able to speak our truth, being able to just even express our needs, which can be beating out of beaten out of us at, at an early age by our parents or society or your friends. You know, if you don't feel comfortable being yourself, you will never connect to any any other individual. Because then you're you're gotcha. you're you're not yeah. you're not yourself. You're not you. you know, you're portraying a picture, and then that love that person either loves a picture of you, or they're not able to see you for who you are, yeah. and they're loving a picture in their own mind. So there's never that connection between two individuals. There's a connection between an illusion and an illusion, and that doesn't work out because there's no stability there. It's two phantasms. It's two ghosts yeah. interacting with each other. So it's not a male. It's not a male or female thing. It's just about insecurities. If you can be yourself, it doesn't matter. If you can be confident in yourself it doesn't matter right it, yeah man i'm gonna say that when are you running for governor of washington because you just fucking <laughs> you just took a fucking loaded question and hit it out the park wait that analogy makes no sense how do you take a loaded question and hit it out of the park that's two fucking different sports that's not even two sports like that's bullshit i gotta get better at my game um 
unlike you, who's fucking all You're talking. amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. You're incredible. I love this. This yeah, is the greatest yeah. time I've ever had in my life. Right? So I, I want to do this thing. And if I fucking spent any money on this podcast, I had a streak going and I forget who fucking ended it. It might have been... I'm trying to look back at some notes. Actually, you know what? Maybe, maybe it was Dolly, the uh, Spanish... He's dude. So fucking Dali is mm-hmm. Spain. And again, he was in Uruguay. He went to Barcelona. He was homeless and he started a fucking circus school. Like talk about one of the cooler people you can fucking meet. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Like, dude, you met your wife. You're in a fucking circus school. You're both, both contortionists. Let's get, let's get above like the stupid immature, like sexual level and just growing as one type shit. But I think mm-hmm. he was the dude. I had like eight pods in a row where I got multiple good questions. And I almost want like a ding, like seven in a row, bitch, right? Like just being able to like ask a question that makes someone fucking stop. Because I feel like when people say that's a good question, they hadn't maybe thought of it before. And they're kind of like treading water, stalling because they don't have that Mm -hmm. like immediate response. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought I got you with one or two of those, which made me happy. But I feel Mm -hmm. like Dolly fucked up my streak, man. I feel I felt like I could have been on like a top 10 streak. Um, that would have been nice, man. That would have been nice. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna make that part of my shtick. To be honest yeah, with you, saying that's a good question is a classic stalling technique. I mean, oh. they teach that. If you don't know what to say, just say, repeat the question. Say that's a good question. No, hundred I mean, dude, hundred percent. Anytime someone restates a question, you know they're not giving their gut reaction because they're either fearful of it or they hadn't processed it yet and they just want to make sure they're actually aligning what they're going to say with what they feel. I agree. I agree. I agree with both of those. Sometimes it's fear and sometimes it's making sure that you understand the question properly to give the right answer. I completely agree with both of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, So I don't know when you say like, man, you're pretty good at this. I appreciate that. But I, I, I tend to rate myself on how many that's a good questions. I don't know if that's a fair metric, but that's how I find my value and that's my truth, and I need you to mm. accept it and accept me for accepting that. I will accept you for anything that you are, my friend, there truly and honestly. I, I love you so much. Like, <laughs> like This whole experience has been beautiful. Dude, it has. I, I feel like this is a record, man, and I forget when the um, other audio cut out. I don't even know how I'm going to edit that shit together. It'll edit however it fucking edits because honestly, like I feel like these free-flowing just talks um, – I don't know. I feel like there's a need for that for people just to fucking hear how people can actually talk in a very non judgmental, non like Mm. get my shit across way. Like I'm not trying to get anything from you. I don't think you're trying to get anything from me. I think it's just Mm -hmm. like people exploring to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like com com. Let me see if I can get this right. Conversational (laughs) karma sutra. Ooh. Ooh. Would that that be like a decent title? conversational that, karma sutra that sounds beautiful and i think there's that alliteration if i'm getting that right just the you know kuh, kuh sound yeah, oh, dude, I'm karma all about karma sutra. Like, that sounds nice rolls off the tongue that's dude, beautiful if you, that's if, poetry if you've never so i do these stupid ass like ads at the beginning of um all my podcasts because mm-hmm. i don't have a sponsor like ultimately i hope like i can make some money off of this shit where like people sure, will, sure. like someone will sponsor it and i can fucking Whatever, like spend money, make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I make these stupid ass ads. Like today's show is sponsored by a fork. Today's show <laughs> is sponsored by like um, smoke detectors, um, street signs, whatever. Like I just think of stupid shit. And I found the them. The, the, I found like, well, dude, like it's almost like meditation where like you're forced to just think of stupid ass things. Mm-hmm. And what is your writing style? 
And I found like, I don't know why, dude, I fucking love alliteration. Mm-hmm. Like there's something like what you said, the way it rolls off the tongue, there's mm-hmm. something poetic without being rhymy. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it is because you're rhyming initial syllables, just not the end mm-hmm. syllables. You know, I, so yeah, I don't know what your thing will be, um, what your sponsor, what the show to this will be. Um, I, I'm excited. Like that, that's such a that's such a beautiful thing too, and I think that's hilarious. This show is sponsored by a microphone, yeah, dude. You can't talk to your friends if you don't have a microphone. No Please get your microphone, down. dude. I did one with a mirror, and I'm like, mirrors, they're looking. Look back. Give them a wink. <gasps> Wave at them. Dude, like I'm just – I like, dude, my first show is sponsored by like fucking flour tortillas. And I'm like, <sighs> you really want to deal with toast that's going to let shit drip all over you? Oh. Haven't you ever been wrapped up right and embraced? <sighs> like I'm telling you, dude, like to me that's one of the more like creative parts is just thinking of stupid shit to like – sponsor and making it almost try to sound like an ad you know what i'm saying like you try to figure out a way yes this is fantastic i I really doubt i'm a genius um but i would say that i have way too much time on my hands at this point (laughs) ain't a bad thing (laughs) no dude well it goes to that like when you slow the fuck down and you get to think of like what you're into like you have choice right Mm -hmm. so what you choose if you have choices actually kind of what you are So if you're choosing to do this, maybe whatever in me, like it's always been like, you just want to kind of be like this creative, stupid Mm -hmm. ass writer, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I've kind of found. Mm -hmm. Um, I completely agree. Yeah, man. Well, I was just going to say, listen to a couple of I'd be interested to uh, your take on them. um, Just Uh the way you think um, to see how you take them. It'd be, Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be good to know. Good feedback. No, for sure, for sure. Like I like already off the bat, I'm telling you, I love everything you just said. I'm excited to go and listen to them, the the details of them, because yeah, the the take that you would you would you would you would direct it in, in I think it's it's already hilarious. So I'm yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> All right, man. Um, this is awesome. Well, I also don't know how much I'm able to upload per episode because I'm not on like the unlimited plan. I'm on the premium and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pushing those fucking limits. So <laughs> what I'll end with is this, man. Is there anything, and I never got around to it and it's never been this long before. So props, <laughs> number one, props to you, Andre, for being Thanks. the longest lasting guest on this show. Oh, oh baby. You've held up to the reputation, my friend. Um, oh, yes. Or should I say my acquaintance? I don't know what I would say. My my internet, fuck, it was about there and then I lost it. My internet, yeah, it's gone. Anyway, um, is there anything about your story you haven't shared that you want uh, to? So, I mean, um, uh, that's, that's a, that's an interesting question. I mean, there's, there's an infinite amount of information that, that you could learn about an individual, which is why, like, I love talking to people. You will never be able to learn like the totality of who somebody is. Right. So like, I, I've, I've already told a, a story of, of my life on, on my podcast of like a few years ago. And that thing was a three hour conversation right. and that didn't include half of the things that I talked about, you know? So I just, I can get deeper and deeper into everything. So like right now I, I'm okay with just signing off obviously, <laughs> and then continue, continue with it with another future endeavor. You know, I can go for a long time. I've haven't talked about my, my touring, my music touring, my music career, my, um, my creative aspects the things that I actually want to do with my life. Like, 
Oh, you said yeah. something about running for governor. Like I've thought about doing politics in a way, you know, well, didn't Seattle, society. didn't Seattle have someone that was fucking like 21 or something a couple of years ago that actually ran and won some like mayor seat or am I wrong about that? Or do you not? Cause uh, I don't know. Shit, you I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> this has been a new fascination for me after the school thing. And after just understanding like my role, like I understand now that an artist, an artist's true role at least in my understanding, is to, to get to a point of being able to structure their entire reality, right? Not just paintings, not just drawings, not just music, right? I've already kind of stepped it up from, from two-dimensional to three-dimensional to, to audio and so on and so forth. Like now marketing, you know, that's that invo- and teaching and marketing, that involves human minds, yeah. consciousness. So next step is, is politics. Like next step is structuring how other people will live and how they will experience their own life. Like, an artist's job eventually is to create his own worlds, you know? Like, oh, I feel like once you hubris, die... Hubris, word of the day, hubris. Hubris. <laughs> you know, like, I think we're all training to be ultimate creators, you know? Like, I think if you go into the scriptures of things, you know, again, I'm not necessarily a believer of, of, of an individual dogma or anything, but in my personal understanding and in my personal life, I think as we keep growing further and further, it is our job, maybe in, in alternate lifetimes, I don't know, to be gods, like the god that creates life on this planet. But then there's higher beings than you, Holy you know, and then you shit. always evolve because there's never necessarily a death. Even yeah. in my own personal life, there's always been a, a death of, a, of an individual and the rebirth of a new individual that sees the world differently. And, and you keep uh, growing in like a spiral and life isn't necessarily a straight line, right? It's a spiral. You keep revisiting the same problems with a different perspective and then you can do different things. I think that's just life. You just keep going up in a spiral and then it has no end and it has no beginning. Dude, I know the, when, when I talk to Kay, fuck man, it's just getting too late and I fuck people's names up if I don't say them <laughs> enough. So Kyleen, um, mm-hmm. cause she spelled it wrong. Like phonetically it just fucks with my mind, but <laughs> she, <laughs> like she was all into like past lives. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the analogy of the best one she had heard, which was picture a mirror, which you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Now drop that mirror on the floor. Mm-hmm. All the shards that still see you are your past, present, and future lives. However, mm-hmm. they're all on the same plane. And like she said that shit because what I'd asked her is like, do you believe life is like cyclical or it's like linear? Because mm-hmm. that's how we think as people, like you're a fucking circle or you're a line, man, like beginning mm-hmm. and end or shit just like keeps going in cycles. Um, and I feel like what you're saying is like, it's, it is, it's this thing where like shit's just going on and we don't know if it's already happened, if it's going to happen, if there is an end or if there is no end, it's just mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Man. The only thing that is, is, is this right here, this moment. That's why I show up fully for this moment and, right. and then do that the next moment and then the next moment. And yeah. And you moment. just fucking enjoy it. Right. Like it just makes life so good when you don't worry about the <sighs> fucking after man, you just get to enjoy. It's probably why dudes come so quick to be honest with you, just to bring it back. Right. Like they're so fucking worried. Like that's why dudes bust just so quick. Oh, oh no, totally. Yeah. If you're in the moment, you're not going to bust. But if you're like yeah. worried about like, oh, I'm going to come early. You will. Yeah. You yeah. will just yeah. experience the moment. Lick, lick the thighs and the lady bits and the face and just like, just explore Jesus. the body. I like, can't believe you're the guy, the best. dude, you're the guy that gets me kicked off the internet. 
I'm Jesus. so sorry. Or you're welcome. Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah. People right? will remember you. You are the guy who got kicked off of the internet, man. Yeah. Like they will remember you. You'll be on the dark web. People will love you. Yeah, we'll find it. Yeah, right. That's if I guess like selfish me is like if I can monetize it, I'm I'm gonna roll with it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be like your biggest lobbyist for fucking governor, dude. <laughs> dude, honestly, hit me with it. I, I'm, I'm trying to do something. I don't know what, but I want to do something. Right. All right, man, dude, I loved it how you, um, you're completely willing to come back on um, because, yeah, I'd like to explore other shit, man. It was, uh, it honestly was, dude. It was real easy, and I try to end the show in like the cliche, like it was nice getting to know you, but it, like, it, I'm amazed at how easy it is to get to know people when you just talk, mm-hmm. you know, when you just get to fucking be in the now and talk. And I'm like, that is part of what I hope this podcast would do. Like, motherfucker, like, go <laughs> for a walk. And just listen to shit and be Mm -hmm. into it and think about what you would say. Think about what you would do. Think about what the experience would feel like for you. Go for a drive. Go for a fucking bike ride. Like go, go somewhere where you can just be a part of something without distractions. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I hope this thing will be. Uh, Who knows if it'll fucking catch on, man. But I really do. Andre, I really um, appreciate you, man, uh, spending the time. And uh, giving us your enlightenment and your um, Jesus, my first threesome story. Fucking. Uh, you're welcome, and thank you, Sean, for literally this whole entire moment. It's been such a long and, and arduous moment, but it's been so pleasant. And it's as if it was honey on the lips. You know, it's such a tasty time. Uh, I definitely do look forward to, to future talks, and you know, just just growing our, our our relationship. You know, once this is over, if I'm traveling through the world, you know, I, I do play music from from places to places. I'd love to stop by your hometown and hang out and yeah, dude. Sing you I mean, some songs. Like, like I said, I'm in Delaware. I mean, I'll um, we'll be Facebook friends from here on out. Um, and like when shit's getting posted, that's part of what I'm trying to do too, is like use this as a, uh, so I, I think I use Instagram mostly cause Facebook, I got fucking like 30 requests from India that I feel were either all homosexuals or some sort of like farm where they're just trying to grab friends. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, it was odd. I don't know how it happened, but I'm trying to use this social media for like, if you're fucking traveling somewhere, it's like, Oh shit, I'm going through Missouri. Let me hit this dude up, man. We had a fucking yeah. two hour talk. You know what I'm saying? And oh. like, it would be fucking cool to be able to just have those kind of connections, you know? I, I completely agree. Like so far I've kept my connect. Well, I mean, I have connections more or less throughout the United States, but I've only been able to get through the West coast, but that's how it is. It's like, I'll find myself in Oregon. And I was like, Oh, my friend lives like nearby. I haven't seen him ever. Let's call him up and then have dinner conversation. Yeah, and right? Just like get lost. It's so amazing. Dude, it is. Uh, it, it seems old school in a sense where you get just fucking all in your current little like local. Oh. And it is funny. Like even though we're a global market, we're very localized in our social interactions. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome to fucking get lost in different people and just fucking embrace them. Like listen to them. Like, oh my, like, oh my God, you're weird. You're like, yeah, that's the weird dude I talked to for three hours one night. And and we're going to get to know him a little more now. <laughs> like, uh, right. Like, like uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's go fucking see what that's about, man. And enjoy it. It's beautiful. That is very beautiful. Yeah, man. Right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go pee, but just so Good you know, you. my longest podcast is four hours. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I can, um, top that, but I clearly don't have the stamina you do. That's okay. One day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go do some core 
um, maybe some planks. Try to tighten that shit up, man. Oh, since we're talking about uh, push-ups, do a planche. It's it's a it's What's like a, a push-up without using your legs, and it's not a handstand push-up. It's literally a push-up without using your legs. Just Google a planche. That's my goal to do it in my life before planche, I die. Planche push-up without. All right, yeah, I'm on it. All right, we'll All right. talk about it later. Andre, man, appreciate <laughs> it, dude. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you too. Love you, bro. See ya. Jesus, what a wild ride. <laughs> I cannot thank Andre enough for the uh, interesting insights and for all the love. Jesus, I haven't had a man tell me he loved me that much since. Uh, that'll be another pod. I mean, if you haven't seen the shit that Andre is posting as far as his art, this motherfucker is creative. Find him, follow it, friend it. You will be impressed. And maybe you'll even decide to live it. We'd also like to thank Pretzels for sponsoring today's pod. Grab a bag and snack like a savage. Tear apart a pretzel today. And if you've made it this long, I'm going to ask you for a favor now. Can we get the following and subscriber numbers up? I mean, we're just shy of 60 followers on IG, but we only have seven subscribers on Spotify, four on Podbean, and fucking two reviews on iTunes or Apple. Click subscribe, follow, write a recommendation. Can you post the shit? Give it out to your friends. I mean, I'd appreciate the support. We would appreciate the support and the following. Remember, it's getting the number two. No, the letter U, pod. Adios.